Traveling the Vortex. This is Sylvester McCoy, and I'm listening to Travel the Vortex. Although there might be tangents ahead. <laughs> da -de -da -da -da. Traveling the Vortex. as he travels the vortex and landed episode number 186 and there's now a new paradigm of Daleks pacifist Daleks <laughs> I'm Keith I'm Sean short lived I'm Glenn <laughs> but there's still a new paradigm yeah. I suppose that's true that what came before the new paradigm too because that audio would have or no it, it would have taken book. place it was yeah. the book it was but it would have taken place before that yeah written after though yeah how was everyone <laughs> I was going to try. I, I, I have the great first part of a joke, but I don't have the punchline. <laughs> you have the first part. I, well, I have the setup. Let's, let's do that. That's an old, no, that's an old um, uh, improv trick. One person throws out the setup for the joke, and everybody else tries to come up with the punchline. Let's do that. When is a Dalek not a Dalek? Oh, clearly we're not very good at this. <laughs> I don't know, Mr. Smith. When is a Dalek not a Dalek? <laughs> you're, you're not supposed to throw it back at him. Sure you are. When you can't think of anything, you throw it back to him. I guess when it's got two plungers. <laughs> that's good. See, I, we're on, that's starting. <laughs> that's the only thing I could come up with. Well, the only thing it's good for is a plumber. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yes. <laughs> come on, Sean. We all did one. When they're tip poles come on, of the Sean. universe. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> He'll come up with one halfway through the show. He'll stop everything and go, no, I got it. I got, I got it. it. It'll, have the best it'll be at the end of the show when I say, anything else? And everybody will go, no. And then I'll start to sign off and Sean will go, oh, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, you, you mull that over. I'll mull that you, over. You realize you don't have a career in improv, though. Because you never have to be like that, right yeah. off the... Okay. That's true. I, I never claim to uh, never claim to have a career in improv. Do you want to do anything? Who wants to start? Scripted and invested in time, <laughs> and you know, you weird Al, you. Yes, <laughs> I'll start. I listened to a lot of Weird Al this week. Yeah, me too. I listened to Mandatory Fun over and over and over and over, and it's his best album since Running with Scissors. Uh, oh, I would oh, concur. Yeah, yeah I would concur with that. My kids. I could totally say it was his best album since his last one, and that would be an appropriate <laughs> Weird Al joke. But. It's it's kind of nice to be able to uh, introduce my kids to Weird Al with his album because number yeah, one, they they're them. familiar with the songs, the the original songs that they're being parodied. So that's already a jumping off. Because if I, I, honest to God, if I put Weird Al Yankovic in 3D in. The only song on there either one of them probably would recognize was Eat It because I think they know they were familiar with Beat It. In fact, that was one of the things we did was I introduced him to the album and we listened to the songs first. And then I went back and started because, you know, he's been doing the Eight Days of Alan and each video that's come out each day. So we went back and caught up. And I think we were three in when they finally started uh, catch, you know, getting the bug and enjoying Alan. And I just totally hijacked your what you did this week. But, <laughs> um, okay. And so we, we started Any watching the videos. To talk about Al. We should do an Al podcast. And so then on the weekend, uh, Holly and I said, well, Holly goes, well, you should show them Eat It. And I said, well, you know what? 
Let's show them the video to beat it because I'm sure they haven't seen it because you can't appreciate Eat It really oh, yeah. until yeah. you've seen the video to beat it. So I showed it to a him lot of his and then I showed them Eat It. Yeah. And I think Caitlin appreciated it. Mason, he's still a little lost, but he, he giggles at <laughs> your collective posterior, the line from the <laughs> fight song. I can't remember what the name of the fight song is. Uh, Sports song. Sports, Sports song. song. That's what it was. Um, he, he giggles at it every time. Well, it's, it's, I, I Google they sang, they sang your collective posterior and we're going to kick your collective posterior. And he looked at me and said, what is co- po- uh, collective posterior? And I said, that's all of their butts. And he laughed. And every time, <laughs> every time that line <laughs> comes up, he laughs and laughs and laughs. So there's a little bit of six-year-old humor there. <laughs> Weird Al, good for all yes. ages. <laughs> and apparently number one on the Billboard charts Yay! for the first time in his 30-some-odd-plus-year career. Yeah, I've been thoroughly enjoying that album. You know, I went back and re-listened to some of the other polka ones. <laughs> Those are my. That's Caitlin's favorites. They're, they're my favorites too. But a lot of them starting in the same way with kind of the same. That's how you can do. That's how you do polka, though. I mean, you kind except, of except for that. the one that started with the chicken dance. It's well, kind yeah, of a bit yeah, different. That's true. That's the only difference. That's true. I, I, I once upon a time I, I I tried putting together a a mix CD of nothing but the polka medleys. That was a short lived experiment. <laughs> <laughs> polka is wonderful. The polka medleys are wonderful in small doses. I'll which tell is why you, he only one, does one, one on each album. <laughs> I'll tell you, I probably could put together a playlist of them, and Caitlin would listen to those all I'll the time. She, she loves them. She absolutely loves them. It's funny you mentioned that you know having that familiarity because uh, you know I mean some of them obviously are like you know living with a hernia. I mean it was filmed on the same set mm-hmm. as James Brown's mm-hmm. Living in America. That's an impressive thing. Uh, and the same for uh, Fat was yeah. Michael Jackson let him use the, the subway set from Bad and, and and whatnot. But until you get to see the one video and then follow that up yeah. with the other one, I, I, yeah. I think there's something that's a little lost for the current generation with the, the history of it. Because um, we did pop in. I, I own the Ultimate Video Collection on DVD, which goes all the way up to Saga Begins and, uh, well, it goes all the way to Running Sisters. Sisters, yeah. Um, and Billy was watching, what was one of the, because he, he, we'd been watching the videos as they released him with his 8 Days 8 videos. And so Billy was like, more, more, more. I was like, okay, well, here, just watch this. And so he sat down and watched this. And um, uh, what's this? Dare to be stupid. <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, what song is he making fun of there? Because I don't know this one. And I was like, well, he's technically not making fun right, of any right. one song. He's making fun of the group. But uh, and, and this is the funny thing, because on Rock Band 3, Devo has Whip It. Of course, which, which, which Devo song would you put on Rock Band? Oh, right, 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 right. I said, you know that song. Does the mainstream crowd know anything but Whip It? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he goes, oh, because Billy hates Whip It. He hates Whip It. He doesn't like to play it. He doesn't like to sing it. It comes on on the radio. And he's like, can we please change it? He just it's something about it that he just does not like that song. And we laugh all the time because we torture him with it. We crank it up loud. Of course, like, you're going to listen to this because it's awesome. So I was like, you know that song? And this this is what they look like. They came out in the radioactive suits and the cones on their heads and the whole bit. And he goes, that explains it. <laughs> just for whatever reason, that clicked and he went, now I know. Well, and Dare to be Stupid was actually featured in the Transformers movie. Yeah, yeah. So that's what the Transformers movie is notable for. The yes. animated Transformers oh, the movie animated has one. Uh, the animated one. Yeah. It was the theme song for the Dinobots. <laughs> the real Transformers. The real movie, Transformers yeah. movie. Uh, which, when they said, "Oh, we're going to have Dinobots in Transformers 4, I went, "Dare to be stupid!" <laughs> and I went, "I can't go see this now. I'm done." <laughs> Ruin that. Well, so. Even still today, isn't Tacky 
they didn't they do exactly the same thing what Pharrell did for his music video? Uh, it, it's it's in the same structurally, vein. I think so. Yeah, yeah same, it's maybe in the not same the same vein. set. I don't think it's the same set. Yeah, but but I don't know. We, we, Al doesn't do that very much anymore, though. He doesn't do the exactly. shot for shot, set for set type stuff. But well, man, my pro- favorite video is still work crimes. Or, yeah, work crimes. Oh yeah, I love oh my crimes. gosh. And, that's my favorite. You know, that's that's one of the ones that the kids like it because it's a bouncy tune and they get a few things. But that's Holly, my favorite because it's it, especially as writers, it's really, <laughs> all three of us as writers is you totally appreciate that. It's like, yep, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, that one's my favorite. I really, really liked the. Um, well, I liked the radioactive spoof. Yeah, radioactive. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed that one. or inactive. Inactive. Um, and then um, I really liked Mission Statement, the one that's <laughs> kind of sounded like Crosby, that's, Stills, and Nash, but I wasn't totally sure. That's most Crosby definitely Stills. Caitlin's least favorite, but she doesn't get the idea of uh, the, yeah. the a mission statement, and he basically uses every industrial or business catch cliche. phrase, yeah. Yeah. every cliche. Yeah. And and just the idea that he would take Crosby, Stills, and Nash, who are so not. Business. <laughs> oh, yeah. Success, absolutely, you know, yeah. That, that's the model for that. Anti establishment. And I, I read a blurb on it when they released that video. Uh, and he said he actually bumped in. I, I don't remember which one of it was. I think I want to say it was, I want to say it was Nash. And he bumped into him in New York and he asked him, So when are you going to do a parody of blah, blah, blah? And named off one of their songs. And Al pulled out his iPhone because he had mission statement on it after the recording session and played <laughs> it for him. He said, It's not it, but it's close. And he loved it. He went, Oh, this is you know, awesome. And so. <laughs> That's awesome. It took eight months to do that music video with the, with the whiteboard. Oh, yeah, eight really? Months. Uh, you know, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise yeah. me. The kids, anyway. the kids like the, the visuals of that one, but yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. It's, just, it's, yeah. it's one of those. It's a lot of that. It's a cool you, really have to, you really have to be in an, work in an office in order to appreciate or have worked in an office. To now, now, now that I've sung Weird Al's praises, I'm going to criticize him a little bit. What? I thought the, the, the music video for um, Sports Song. I was a little disappointed with because I liked the idea that while it, it well, the song is awesome, yeah, yeah, because it, it kind of gives imaginative that, enough. Well, yeah. I, and plus, this is a song that could be played for anybody. Was, you could be, this could be a hockey song. Mm-hmm. This could be a such yeah. and such song. And just the fact that they I suddenly think it's they're going to start playing narrowed it down to very specifically football games. Well, I'm it was glad. Like, I would I'm glad they seen did. a bunch of different well, scenes of a bunch of different I'll sports. I'll tell you, no, I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad they did the marching band concept because that's, that's really what, it sounds, like what it sounds like. Right. And I even appreciate the fact that it's football because of the fact that in America that's still like the number one sport. That's what everybody gravitates to. More than basketball? And, oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. For, for high school, college? For high school, college, yeah. Oh, yeah, especially and, like oh, this yeah. area. And... Um, but I, I, I unfortunately, it was just much. a straightforward marching band video. Is yeah. all it was. It I wanted even cooler. Formation yeah, I wanted some formation. Yeah, I wanted some. I wanted some a little more slapstick humor in there. It was just too straightforward for yeah. me. For, to me, I, I appreciate it for what it was. But yeah, I, I agree. That, that, was that was my biggest disappointment that, that, as far that, as that, the videos go. Yeah. And then I the th- kids didn't laugh. They didn't think it was funny at all. They laughed because. When I explain the lyrics of the song, they appreciate the song. They love the they song. They love the song. Yeah. Because but, the video of, of, yeah. but the video is just lackluster. They, they expected more, especially after seeing Tacky and Word Crimes and Foil. Foil, yeah. Oh, Foil is, is Mason's absolute favorite. Foil he has no idea what's going favorite. on. Has no idea what's going on. Oh, I said Word Crimes is my favorite. I think I would have to say that Foil is my favorite. Because and I, Dave Bueller, I'll give him credit for this because he said the same thing that I was thinking when he posted it on Facebook was when the song started. My first thought was ah was disappointment because it was like oh okay this one. is a food one yeah but 
And then when it just completely becomes something different by the end, that's when it goes I was off. like, that's genius. That's the genius of Al. That not Okay, we're going to give you the polka medley. We're going to give you this. We're going to give you this. And then I'm going to give you the food song. But not quite. Not <laughs> well, it's kind of like smack uh, you in the face with it. What was the straight out of Linwood? They did the Avril Lavigne one where it's like, okay, you did this great verse, but where are you going to go next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, that's what this exactly was. Yeah, was, you're right. You, you yeah, got to do right. something different because you can't sustain this joke for the entire song. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the other one is uh, Handy. Yeah. Andy. Which oh, yeah. I, I think he missed a joke. Because he comes out, I, I, the fact that he showed up where, looking like Schneider from one day at a time. <laughs> so certain of us at the table may not get that. Here, but, yes. but I looked at that and laughed, and Mel was like, what, what, what? I was like, oh, you, you, it's it's, totally I, I, I had to go pull up Schneider from one day at a time. She went, oh, my God, that is him. And, and so I just I laughed and laughed and laughed. And it's such an, you know, for the old guys, that, that, was, that was our joke. Schneider was the handyman, uh, the building maintenance uh, guy on one day at a time. So I don't think I've ever seen one day. Yeah, it was about it was about a mother, and she lived with her two adult daughters, and I think she was divorced. Yeah, and Schneider was the handyman, so he was kind of the the comedy sidekick uh, essentially that, that came along every once in a while. But he, for, he had the white t shirt and the denim vest and a mustache and uh, dark hair and the, and the tool belt. Every episode, that was his. That was you know because he's the handyman. He shows up wearing that. So the fact that Al dressed like that, I was like, that is so awesome. But then there's the scenes where the other two guys come out and dance with him, and he's got. Um, I'm blank on his name now. Uh, the drummer, uh, Bermuda, John Bermuda Schwartz, yeah. who's dressed in overalls. Oh yeah, totally. yeah. See, oh, it's yeah. totally Schneider. But uh, he's dressed in the overalls and then the red shirt, and he's got the mustache. And it's like, oh, you're going to do Mario and Luigi. I get it. But the other guy's not dressed like Luigi. And I just thought visually that was a joke that he missed. Oh, I you know, the, I just you know maybe it wasn't supposed to be, but then you shouldn't put him in a red shirt and overalls. Schwartz actually like reminded me. <laughs> Schwartz actually reminded me of Al from uh, not Al. Uh, it was Al in Home Improvements, but uh, Bob Vila's uh, guy. Uh, and I can't oh, remember this old the guy's house? name in this old house. That's who he reminded me of, and I thought maybe uh, that's so where they were going. One. Was was a caricature of that character? I didn't get that. Uh, the other one, I didn't. I didn't. Yes, he was just that's yeah. like, one way or the other. It didn't work. I was just like, oh, I think you missed a joke there, Al. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, they've been great and, and thoroughly enjoyable. We did a lot of that. Um, what else did I do this Norm. week? Norm. Was it Norm? Yeah, Norm. Norm was... Uh, was it Norm? Yeah. Sure. Was, uh, sure. <laughs> old Bob Vila's... Another show we'd never Another PBS staple in yeah. this area. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I watched um, Excalibur. That's a good movie. I'd never seen it. <gasps> really? What? Yeah, that's well, it's one of my favorite <laughs> depictions of the Arthurian legend because it stays primarily true to the formulated legend that's been passed down over the years. That's what I like most. About I, I, I I had just it was one of those that I I don't even remember why I remember I remember the video box vividly. Uh, but for some reason, that Dragon Slayer, there was a whole slew of them that came out oh, kind of all about yeah. that same time that I just never got around to seeing. And I watched Dragon Slayer last year, and so you hadn't seen Dragon I hadn't Slayer. I Dragon Slayer. So last year, those were those were both I know. HBO staples. I know. I, wow, Beastmaster was on. That was <laughs> but you watched that. Oh you yeah, I've seen Beastmaster oh, right. over and over and over and over. I'll give you that one. Um, I, I honestly want to say maybe it was because it was rated R that that was the reason that there was that's a... That's why I watched it as well. <laughs> you would think, because that's why I watched it. And there's an, unrated, there's an unrated <laughs> version of that as well that they used to play 
after midnight on HBO. They wouldn't even play the the R rated, or they played the R rated version if it was during the day. Because that's back in the back in the day, HBO would play R rated films all day long. They didn't have a watershed. Yeah, and it wasn't until the nineteen late nineteen eighties, early nineteen nineties that they started the watershed. Uh, concept. I think they're back to playing R-rated movies during the day. Really? Because I yeah. remember it the other way. I remember that they started off that you didn't see anything R-rated until after seven, and then it changed and they played it whenever. Not till the late nineties. Yeah, not till late nineties. Or, or, or I'm sorry, uh, late eighties is when they. they really? Yeah, because such a stink was raised. The, yeah, huh, I didn't know that. Yeah, at, at ten o'clock in the morning, I was home by myself, latchkey kid. I'd be watching R-rated films on uh, HBO. Interesting. Didn't know. Day. Um, but yeah, so I, for whatever reason, I'd just never seen it. We got a Blu-ray copy and it worked. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to rent this. And so I took it home. Mel kind of looked at me like, really? You're going to make me watch this crappy 80s? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, just, I, so we watched the trailer for it and she went, okay, you know, like, we'll give it a try. And I was really impressed with yeah. it for, you know, being a crappy 80s. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not crappy. It's it's a really, really good movie. Being in the 80s. But just everything holds up. It does a really, really good job. And, um, you know. I, I liked how this one really kind of encapsulated. You could almost insert other Arthur films, you know, because you start off with this part of it, and it's like, okay, well, this is Sword in the Stone. And then you move to this part of it, and it's like, well, this is King Arthur. And you move to this part that's of it, and this is Camelot. And you move to this part, and this is First Night. And then you move to this part, and this is Holy Grail. And then you That's move to why. You know, that, it just, here's, it's got the whole thing there, Sean, so. that is why, you know, I've always balked at all of these remakes of the Arthurian legend. I've always said, no, it's not. It's not the Arthurian legend that I learned. I mean, it is. It's yeah. pieces, and it's it's bits and pieces. Yeah, and it's reimagining and things like that. That's a prime source of why is because ever since I saw Excalibur, everything almost feels like they're borrowing from Excalibur. Yeah, they're I can not. See that. They're borrowing from the original source material of of the of the legend. But Excalibur but did it so well. It did it so well and had everything. It encompassed every piece. Well, most every piece. That yeah, I. I Everything now was a disappointment because it's just a, it's a, it's a piece of Excalibur. Well, and I, I mentioned that to Mel because at the toward the end part of the film when Morgan and Mordred show up, Mordred mm-hmm. in particular, it's like you can definitely tell the guys that did Justice League were fans of this sure. because their depiction the of Mordred is very much is very much yeah. taken from this kid in, in, in Excalibur. Yeah. So that's true. it was just it was just kind of cool to be able. It was, so it's one of those classics I've never seen that I can now cross it off the list yeah, and say yeah, I've yeah. seen it. So well, that, that was kind of my my big one for the week. So cool. Anything else? No. What'd you do? Uh, well, I, uh, I actually think I did this before last week and left it off, but I'll mention it real quick. Um, continuing my, it's no longer fixation, it's now obsession with Sarah, uh, with, uh, Sarah Kingdom. <laughs> um, I listened to the Big Finish audio, The Anachronauts, and it features Sarah Kingdom and Stephen Taylor. And uh, Gene Marsh and Peter Purvis both read this companion, really? companion co- chronicle. And it's it's structured and done really well. It's another piece that is set in that small amount of time that's suddenly be ballooning and becoming bigger uh, of their travels with the Doctor together in during essentially what makes up the Daleks' master plan. Um, and it's it's now how much do we do we know how much time placed? is. Well, that's just within it. the episode. We don't is, because, uh, or are we just assuming because it's a time machine that they can come back. Yeah, to? and okay. that's 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 what that and, and the, the what I have listened to so far, with the exception of uh, the one I listed last week, was that the Destroyers was that was obviously pre uh, Dalek Master Plan. The would be um, spin on. Yes, the one that would have been a yeah. uh, American <laughs> serial had it gained any sort of le- legs. Um, They've cleverly done this, and if you watch Dalek's Master Plan, it's a it's a linear story, 
But when you step back and you see what Big Finish is doing, you realize that the Dogs Master Plan, they bounce around. I mean, they, they as I alluded to last time, they, in the middle of being chased by Daleks with this particular element that they, they're trying to keep away from Mavic Chin, they end up right in the middle of that series landing in uh, 20th century London and having some antics in a police station, pop into the TARDIS, end up in Hollywood and by the end of that episode, and that's Feast of Steven. And so it has nothing to do with the Daleks. It's just it's a side story while they've been running from the Daleks, uh, trying to keep the... Uh, I, I always... Think I always remember the name of what the device they have or the material they have until I get on the show and then I forget. <laughs> but anyway, as they're running, and these stories do the same thing, but they're so cleverly done that they 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 work out so well. And I'm just I'm amazed that Big Finish has been able to pull this off and bring Sarah Kingdom back into the fold and give us more stories as, as character. You wouldn't think they would think to bring I back. Know, I know. So I did that, and, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I'm going to leave my review for, you know, obviously we'll tackle this in the, the many years down the road as we <laughs> do big, fin- big big finish stuff. Um, I continued watching in a, in a, in a, in An Idiot Abroad, which, as I told you last week, I discovered there were two more seasons that I didn't realize existed, <laughs> just because my Netflix flipped over to season two. Um, this time it's different. In the first season, uh, he was visiting the Seven Wonders of the World. In this one... He was quite a bit skeptical because he did not enjoy his, he did not his find adventure. Them wonderful. Yes, and so what they did this time, they devised a plan to give him a list of the hundred things you need to do before you die, essentially everybody's bucket list. And he got to pick the things off of that hundred things what he would do for seven episodes, and he they would send him to do those things. And so hilarity ensues again because as he goes off to do these things, one of them was travel on the uh, Trans-Siberian Express, which is a train that goes clear across Siberia, the the Russian Siberian uh, area. Um, They always send him on these little offshoot adventures in order to explore different (laughs) things and he gets into, he gets mad. (laughs) Uh, One was sea gorillas. But my favorite one so far, the one one I'll zero in on (laughs) is uh, he did... uh, the American Route 66. He drove Route 66 oh, from, which is on my bucket list. That's that's one of my ultimate things to do, is to either start in the, uh, you know, North Midwest and go through the United States from there to California, or vice versa, start in California and then come back up this way. And as we all know here at this table, Route 66 actually clips the corner of uh, Southeast Kansas. Yeah. And I've always just wanted to drive down to southeast Kansas and just explore the, the route that goes through Kansas just as a, as a side thing and then eventually. But one day before I die, my goal <laughs> is to get in a car, preferably a convertible, and drive Route 66 <laughs> from finish to end. So uh, so that was exciting to watch him do it and, and try to is get a little a something out of it. half-hour show or an hour? It's a 45-minute oh, show. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's typical British yeah. Hour show. <laughs> um, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, moving along. Oh, Holly had her uh, 20th uh, high school class reunion this weekend. So we went, uh, we had a family thing on Saturday where we, everybody brought their families and we did a picnic in Gage Park and got to revisit all friends. And the nice thing is, even though Holly and I went to two different, totally different high schools, I grew up in Western Kansas, when I moved here is when I met her her senior year. So a lot of her friends. Are oh, my so friends mean, and oh, friends yeah. that I've known here also were in her class that I had met outside of of meeting her. So it, it was it's it's really nice for me to see a lot of people that you know <laughs> it's I, I 
I, I, I'm actually saddened for those spouses that go to these things with <laughs> their spouse anybody. and don't know anybody, <laughs> and they feel so lost. And so I'm always grateful that at least I know people in, in Holly's class. You know, at least a dozen people I, I could sit and talk to for, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes instead of having to make small talk with people I didn't know. So yeah. that was kind of nice, and it was a lot of fun. So picnic on I'm Saturday. I'm one. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt really bad because one of her best friends married a guy from Wichita, and he was there. And I, I was trying to – it's very difficult to make small talk with this guy. But I was trying to make him be included so he didn't feel alienated. But then – as I'm talking to him, you know, somebody else I know would come up and start talking to me. And then oh. I felt like I was like, uh, I feel so bad for you because you don't know this person. But anyway, um, so we did that for, for lunch and then for a picnic. And then that night uh, we went to the Ramada West and had the formal, it's not formal, oh, but, you know, the formal dinner and, and picture and mingling. And that was a lot of fun. So that was quite enjoyable. And then on Sunday, since I have to talk about what I've done, home improvements around the house, <laughs> I'm actually rather proud of this. And the kids helped me with this tremendously. We have this huge hedge in the backyard. And I don't know if you guys have seen it. Uh, you've only been at my house at night, so maybe not. Instead of a fence, we have a hedge that circles our backyard. I think you've mentioned it before. And Yeah, and they get out of control and they get out of hand. And what we decided was is we've never had a access to the right-of-way that's behind us, which for some people would be an alley, but this isn't a drivable alley. It's just a right-of-way area where you know, utility, where the fences utility services yeah. exactly are so that utilities can get back there and, and check. But we've never had a real technical entrance to our yard. You can get out on the left side of the house or the east, uh, you know, east side of the house or the west side of the house. Because there's no hedges, so you can walk straight through. But once you get into the backyard, you're pretty much encompassed by the hedge all the way around. And I'm always not like that because I've always had to take my, you know, mower around all the way around oh, the hedge and through yeah. the neighbor's yard to get to the back. If I have to do any maintenance back there, getting to the top of the hedges back there, I've always wanted to path through there. So uh, Holly and I have been looking at these archway uh, trellises. And we, we, we've been searching for the right one because we just we knew there was this one. We didn't want one that was square. We wanted one that was wide enough to get through, you know, comfortably. We also wanted something we could hang plants on if we wanted to. Well, last weekend I finally found the perfect trellis. And I actually, a few weeks ago, I found it at uh, Ace Hardware. But it was like $125, $130. And we, were, we knew it was the one we wanted, but we just weren't ready to spend $130 on this thing. Last weekend... I went there and it was marked down to seventy, and oh. I went bingo. So we bought it, and of course I didn't get to it last weekend. So this weekend I put that together, and the kids and I went out and I cut through about a you know four and a half <laughs> foot wide path through wow. these these bushes, and the kids were fantastic. They of course I, I paid them, I bribed them. <laughs> to help. I needed them to haul the stuff as I was cutting it, so they would just drag the branches over to a brush pile in the backyard. So we have this nice cut-through path now that we cut down, and the trellis goes through there, so you have an archway to walk through as you go through. And I'm so proud of it. Maybe someday I'll get around to taking pictures. You I should take trim, pictures. i got to trim the hedges first because I, I want it to look presentable because the hedges are getting <laughs> out of control. But when I get the hedges trimmed, I will take a picture and post it. It's nothing spectacular. Nobody else will be impressed but me, but I am absolutely happy with this little archway walkthrough area that I've got. There was four feet of hedge that was going with pleasure. As you <laughs> cut. Yeah, well, four feet wide and probably seven feet tall. <laughs> yeah, six feet tall probably. Yeah. I can see you out there with your little... <laughs> I did. Well, and that's, that's the one did, that we... Did you have the hockey mask on? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I have this. I have a, a hedge trimmer, which is the one with the little blades that do this, you know, back and forth, and they have the teeth, and you, that's to do the smaller branches. 
And my first thought was I'm going to have to cut back into this thing enough to get to the larger branches so that I can hack it away with the, with the chainsaw. And I started it with the little tiny trimmer hedger, and I went, it was taking too long. So I went and just grabbed the chainsaw and just pushed my way in past the small stuff and just, and finally got into there far enough where I could just use the chainsaw and everything. That was nice. More power. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. This needs more power. So that's all. your safety goggles on going, (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't wear goggles. I should. Um, well, I've got glasses, and so... The I, actions of Glenn can be... <laughs> I have always read on home improvement sites, as long as you've got something protecting your eyes, your eye. I've got the durable plastic frames on my glasses. The, your the, I've got eye, cl- plastic eyeballs. lenses, so it's it's doing the same. That's now, better what, than nothing. When, when, I, when I use the chainsaw on, on large things, chunks of wood and things like that, then I'll put the goggles... I'll, I'll get those goggles that go over my glasses. But when I'm doing small projects like that, that's not kicking a lot of dirt and dust and yeah. chips, wood chips back... Then I just use my glasses. But I do use the earplugs, so I okay. do protect my glasses. <laughs> that's, that's good. I highly recommend earplugs. Well, good. Nice. Very nice. That's it. That's all I did. I bored everybody with home improvement. So when's the lawn party? Next year. <laughs> well, because we still need to get the patio relayed. Um, I did fix a deck. I think I talked about it a few weeks ago. And then the fire pit's up and running. So <laughs> next Getting year. Getting there. Getting there. Next summer. Big lawn party in the backyard. Big lawn party. Nice. Went to a garden What'd you do, party? Uh, Keith? We haven't talked about you yet. John Carter for Disney with Friends. That was fun. Mm. Brittany and I. Yeah, I, was, I felt that. bad that I missed that again. Do you own that one yet? Uh, I do have that one, oh, yes. Okay. I don't remember if you, you got it or not. Just the two of you or anybody else? Just the two of us. Aww. Just the two of we us. We saw it fun. We made the most of it. We can make it in uh, such a good movie. It is Just good. the two Even of us. Even though I just recently rewatched it. I feel like I would watch it again. Sorry. Uh, I discovered Such a show a on uh, Amazon Prime called Family Tree. Have you guys heard of this? It's a show created by Christopher Guest. Oh. So it's very much in that style of humor. If you don't know who that is, that's for your consideration. Uh, this is Spinal Tap, wasn't that? Waiting for Guffman. Waiting for Guffman. Uh, um, best in Show. Yeah. All those. And so some of the recurring characters. Uh, Actors are on Eugene this Levy, too. Eugene Catherine Levy O'Hara, wasn't in it. Uh, the dad, uh, Michael McKeon. Michael McKeon was the dad in the show. Okay, so uh, Ed Bigley Jr. was in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, I've heard of that. I, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I had heard of that. It's and it stars Chris O'Dowd as this guy who has been dumped by his girlfriend. I like Chris. O'Dowd. I know that was why I was like, <laughs> uh, I, I like Chris for guest stuff. Oh, Chris O'Dowd. Okay, I'll watch it. Bonus. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's kind of it's a it's a mock documentary style show. It's only eight episodes long. Of course, long. It's of course it is. Uh, it's this guy who lost his job. His girlfriend dumped him, and his great aunt died, and so he gets this box of junk. And just starts going through it and gets the bug to look into his family tree. So he starts looking things up. And that's what happens throughout the show. He ends up going to L.A. and meeting long-lost relatives there. So he is actually Scottish in the show, well, or he, Irish in the show, and then goes to L.A.? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the cool. first, like, three, four episodes are actually set in England. Ah. And then they go across the pond. Oh, okay. And, yeah. Uh, and that's where Ed Bigley Jr. comes in. He's his long-lost relative. And, um like the second episode he goes and finds his great grandfather because that's kind of where this all starts is he finds a picture of who he thinks is a great grandfather it's actually not it's some prince (laughs) but his great grandfather took the picture (laughs) (laughs) and so then he goes off to find out that he's 
his great grandfather was this actor in this theater where he was the rear end of a pantomime horse. <laughs> and so, Is Bob Balaban in this? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't uh, think so. I, I'm, his, the name doesn't ring a bell to me. So. You had me at hello. <laughs> uh, let me look. Right. But uh, and so he and his friend, who's kind of going along with him on this adventure, uh, decide to take part in a pantomime horse race every year. <laughs> That's centuries old, but they've oh, I'm sure. But because of the war, they had to <laughs> pantomime horse race. That's centuries old. I love it. But, but because of the because of the war, they had such <laughs> low enrollment in World War II. They had such low enrollment. They had to let other animals in. <laughs> Pantomime hippos. So there's a guy dressed up as a panda. <laughs> there's a guy dressed up as a giraffe. And they're talking. And they're like, we're brand new to this. But it seems a little cheating that they get to do this as a bipedal animal when we're having to do four legs. <laughs> and the first episode was really cute and charming. And I got to that and I'm like, yes, this show is awesome. <laughs> That's how they hook you. Yeah. With cute and charming. Cute and charming. <laughs> His that. sister, for some reason, like they gave us some explanation, but I was so... I, didn't, I don't remember it off the top of my head. She walks around with this monkey puppet constantly. <laughs> and actually is a pretty decent ventriloquist with it. And so this puppet named Monkey just often <laughs> will get put in these snide comments and... Her whole family treats it like it's an actual person. <laughs> you get to the finale and she loses it. <laughs> and so he's with this guy, uh, another relative, and this girl he's interested in. It's kind of the part of it is the tagline was to find himself. He had to look into his past. And so he kind of finds what he wants to do. Um, but she gets the call and she's freaking out that she's lost her monkey. And he says to him, Oh, it's my. I, I got to go with my sister. She lost a little guy, and they're like, "Oh yes, let's go! Come on!" <laughs> and so they're walking down the boardwalk, and the guy is like, "Well, we should really like contact Amber Alert and blah 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 and do all this stuff." He's like, "Well, wait a minute, it's a monkey puppet." And so they meet up with her, and then they're finding everybody. They eventually find it in this uh, toy donation bin, <laughs> and they're trying to buy it from her. And she's like, no, I can't accept your money. These are going to needy kids. And she's like, and he's like my grown sister needs this monkey more than these needy kids. And that, you can help these kids. You can't help her. <laughs> and they just, <laughs> they wind up just taking it and running. It's, I highly, highly recommend the show. It's really, really funny. It's an HBO show. Yeah. It was a combination of HBO oh, and that means BBC. it won't be anywhere but Amazon Prime. Darn it. And it has been not renewed for a second season. Uh, I, I don't think it, it, the way it ends, I don't think it needs a second season. As okay. much as I would like to see more of the character, they can't continue the story. They can well, continue. Uh, they continue him, but they can't continue the family tree aspect. And Christopher of it. Guest is one of these type of people that that likes to move on to, even though all of his stuff is the same concepts. He likes to move on to project to project. So I can see him maybe saying, you know, eight's enough. Let's just yeah. And it was eight and it was so good enough. that I don't. I'm fine with leaving yeah. it there and sometimes not getting more. Best. There's a DVD release available. Soon. Yeah, it is. Oh, oh it's good. not out yet. Uh, well, according to the official website, it says you can pre-order it. But. Oh well. I think well, I'm, that's, one I'm, I see it. that's one I'm thinking of just picking up because I think I'll go back to it and rewatch it. And there was one night I spent like, they're only half hour episodes too, so it's quick and 
uh, easy to digest. I sat and watched like four episodes back to back. Christopher Guest films are are so good. They're witty. They're they're spontaneous. Uh, most people ad lib in them. There's, there's very oh, yeah, little they're, script they're, yeah. in anything, and so he always get. That's why you always see a lot of the same actors come back because, because he knows those it. people yeah. that can do that ad libbing very well. And and be funny and do those sort of things. So I, I'm excited to see uh, that Kevin series. Pollock was even in it. Oh. October 29th, DVD and Blu-ray release. Ooh, I might have to put that on my <laughs> there, Christmas there wish list. <laughs> it was so much. Uh, Bob ba- Bob Balaban was in it. Yes, oh, Bob he's the one that he's with when they gets the news that, that monkey's missing. <laughs> <laughs> he, he discovers that he, at one point he thinks his uh, relatives were Native American, and so he gets a genetic test and finds out it's not. But then finds out that another one of his relatives was a Jewish cowboy in silent films. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's. I think you guys would really oh, appreciate yeah, yeah. the humor. It's really enjoyable. Well, Sean would appreciate it because he did have a, a, a relative that was a Jewish cowboy in silent oh, films. See, there so, we yeah. go. It's like they're living my life. <laughs> uh, when is a Dalek not a Dalek? When he's a Jewish cowboy in silent films. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I knew I'd get there eventually. <laughs> uh, what else did I do? Uh, we went and saw Captain America Winter Soldier again. It's at the cheap theater, so... It's at the cheap theater. It is at the oh, cheap good. theater. I may go see it again. Uh, a friend of Sarah's from work is moving. Has got a job in western, eastern Missouri. Oh, good. Don't say uh, western. <laughs> eastern Missouri, uh, and so she's going to be moving. And that's one thing they've always done together is gone to see Marvel movies. That's how she's seen Thor multiple times. That's why I saw Captain America the second time. So it was nice to go back and rewatch that. It was good. Uh, or something else I did. Oh, we watched The Descendants. Oh, the Clooney one. Yeah. How is it? It's good, but depressing. Uh, I think this is deja vu. I thought you talked about that last week. I, I talked about wanting to watch it because I watched The Way Way Back. <gasps> That's what it was. That's yeah. what it was. Why Way Back? Which like and I, I didn't realize this was adapted. This was an adapted uh, screenplay. So I think Way Way Back is probably a better representation of their writing. And I, I think Way Way Back is a more enjoyable story. It's more fun to watch. Definitely more funny. Um... George Clooney did a phenomenal job. Uh, Shan Woodley. I, I Initially, I didn't want to like her as an actress, mostly because of Secret Life of an American Teenager. But after seeing her in Fault in Our Stars and this, she's pretty good. Um, yeah, so it's definitely worth watching. It's not one I would own or go back and rewatch. Do you guys know the premise at all? Mm-hmm. Something about Hawaii and the... the well, yeah. <laughs> the main premise is his wife is in a coma. And they're going to take her off the life support. And so it's a lot of dealing with that and then finding out his wife cheated on him. And so a lot of it is dealing with that. And so it's it's a very, very heavy movie. Um, having not seen any of the other ones, I don't know if it's if it truly was the best screenplay, adapted screenplay, but it was really well done and really well written, I thought. I think that's pretty much it. Cool. Yep, let's move on to news. Titan Comics has finally announced the details for the Doctor Who Comics Day worldwide. Where are they? (laughs) Okay, so, each comic store celebrating Doctor Who Comics Day has been 
three posters, a Doctor Who Comics Day poster, and two special instant Doctor Who Comics cosplay interactive posters featuring the 10th and 11th Doctors. So there's going to be cosplay contests that you oh, can take part in. So a cosplay interactive poster is you get the backdrop and you can stand there in front of you with I your costume so. and make it look like you're on the cover of Doctor Who magazine. And you can tweet to them and I think they're going to do giveaways for some of the best <gasps> costumes. That's fun. Okay. Keith needs to participate in that. You be sure to get the posters up at work, Sean. Yeah, we'll sure. take pictures. <laughs> when, when is this happening? It's October 20th. Or not October. <laughs> I thought you were going to do another when is a dollar, not a dollar joke. <laughs> <laughs> July 26th. I would think they would have sent those to us by now if we were participating. It's Saturday, so I guess we, we, maybe I'll wah, have to check out wah, our other wah, comics. Yeah, you, you may have to check your other I don't comics know if they because uh, uh, I, I've not received any information so you, on that today. You dress up. I'll find out. You dress up. We'll go down. Okay. All right. Uh, so they want you to tweet photos of yourselves at, two t- at Comics Titan and tag them hashtag Doctor Who Comics. Uh, also in comic stores, the latest editions were there. Plus a three, a free 32-page sampler showcasing new comics in the line, including the new 12th Doctor comics. Ooh. So you get a little preview there. Yeah. Uh, and then there's stuff online where you can customize your Twitter profile, your Facebook profile, your cover photo. And then a contest um, that you can enter to win signed editions of the comics. Sounds like a lot of fun. And we'll let you know you if can we participate. There's, oh, yeah, there's a lot of other... <laughs> Is that this weekend? It's this Saturday. This Saturday, okay. Yeah, so there's a lot of other... If you go to Titan's website, they have a huge long list of a bunch of different stuff. And there's certain locations, like in San Diego, where you can meet people and talk to them and whatnot. So. Okay, cool. And signings across the U.S. because there's one in New York also. so And the U.K. All right. So... Lots of fun there. Lots of fun. And there are going to be special store variant covers. Okay. It's a big day, Glenn. It is a big day. <laughs> and, of course, we posted on our website the, uh, the trailer trailer for the comics launch, so be sure to check that out. Do we have um, the, 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 the tie-in news? Yes. The, that's on the, okay. Yes. That's next. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also announced that... In the first issues of Titan Comics, you can find a website to get a code to download the new companions in Doctor Who Legacy. Yay! Along, along with new le- uh, new levels and enemies ripped from the pages of the comics. Yay! So it's actually the comic companions Yes. in, in these Doctor new Who lines. Legacy. Available in Doctor Who Legacy with these codes. Awesome? So there's your incentive. Isn't kids. that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> there's some wonderful cross. And it looks like there. there's going to be great lot- job, great job, Titan Comics and Doctor Who Legacy. Yeah. Good job. Kudos to you. I'm excited to have those um, companions on. Because that's just it. These are not just you know. Well, obviously, we'll review this next week when we actually cover the the, the, the comics. But um, the, these are uh, new companions for each of them. Yeah, the Gabriela Gonzalez, who is a companion of the Tenth Doctor, and Alice. How do you say her last name? Obifun. Obifun. Sure. Sure. Who is know. the Obifun? Obifun. Who is the uh, companion for the Eleventh Doctor in the comics? So that's exciting stuff. I am I am stoked that they've. Uh, Done Great this reason to go pick up the new Yeah, comics. and and 
a nice way to canonize the comics with the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and set up in the future, too, of bringing pages of the pon- comics to the game and other characters. That yeah. You know what this means. Frobisher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Although he is not a Titan comic. So Doesn't that might be That might be difficult to get those rats. But, um, we'd be remiss not to mention, though, that uh, also Rose Tyler is coming to the game. For those excited about that. Um, her, or for those who wanted to already purchase him. Yes. Uh, she comes complete with Heart of the Tardis ability, which resets the game's gem board. Which, I think we already have a character that does that. But, um, uh, the, Doesn't matter. The one game more one. of them are But it's more, more of them. Well, in a different color. I'm certain certain she'll be yeah. different color yeah. as well. Um, she was available starting on the 16th in the store for purchase. And then in a few weeks... She will become a rare drop in the uh, next story expansion when it's released. So, which is that's the Brigadier one too as well. The search yeah, for uh, uh, hunt for Greyhound, hunt one. for Greyhound one. Yeah. So, I still need exciting. to finish season five. Exciting stuff. Yeah, I'm not done yet either because I got all. I'm stuck at a level, level and just level, can't yeah. get there. This this week, um, season six is all uh, 150 experience and bonus gem drops or time fragments. Mm, cool. So if you're needing to bone up, this is this, this is the week to do, do it. it. Which is what I've been doing. I've been staying far away from five. I don't play five <laughs> at all. I just keep ready replays. I can't get any black time fragments. Uh, I even go to the levels where it says, hey, you can get black time fragments here, and I play it, and I get five pink and two yeah, orange and a couple green. It's like, where are It always seems to be the one you're looking for, too. I know, of course. Because I'll, I'll, I'll finally get that, and then I'll go, okay, now I've got to go hunt for these. And I had dropped a bunch of other ones earlier, but now I need more. So I'll go hunting for that between the, the blue ones, and then... Yep. Never get those. Never get, those. Yeah. I'll yep. get all kinds of black because I don't need black anymore. <laughs> Grr. <laughs> we should also mention that the sixth annual award winner for best brain and puzzle game is Yay! Doctor Who Legacy. Congratulations to all of those who voted. And I'm sure the Legacy team, uh, Tiny Rebel Games, appreciate that. Um, I will mention that coming in second place was a game called Seven Little Words, which I have never played. I've never heard and of that. And third one. place, which I, th- I was surprised by this, that it didn't at least get second, was um, Cut the Rope, because that's a huge, oh, that is a big game. huge game. So, huh. um, congratulations to uh, Doctor Who Legacy and the uh, Tiny Rebel Games crew for that award as well. Uh, you guys are on a high. Did you have me? Uh, I, I was cleaning some things off my, my Xbox hard drive earlier um, this week, and. Uh, I had downloaded um, War of the Worlds. Um, the game. The game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> which was this, this wonderful arcade game, and it's set in the time frame uh, appropriate, and it's a side scroller, and it's done. Did you, anybody ever play Limbo? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's I love very it. much I like Limbo, Limbo with the, the look of it, but it's War of the Worlds, and you play the character narrated by Patrick Stewart. Oh, neat! So it's very cool, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. loving this, and I just happened to see that on there and went. <laughs> And couldn't resist, booted it back up, and kind of went through the opening thing, and Patrick Stewart starts talking to me, and it's all cool. And the credits start rolling, and I realize it's a Tiny Rebel Games. Oh, is that right? And oh, Lee oh, Pace I... was one of the uh, executive directors, yeah. art directors on it. I was like, oh! So I, I had to send him a tweet. It was like, you worked on one of my other favorite games! <laughs> <laughs> I loved the War of the Worlds. I wish it had done better. Done better. Yeah. yeah. It was such a cool concept. Just a strikingly... Nifty game. Well, it's still available out there. So. Actually, it is not. Oh, they it's have, not. They've taken that particular server oh, offline. Oh, that's too and bad. So it's, it's not even. Yeah, well, that's too bad. It sucked. 
it's, it's not there. It's not, not, that that it's not there. Right. It's, it's still a good game. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. But I, I got a, I got a big tickle out of that. Well, good. All right. <clears throat> Next up. Colin has kind of backtracked on what Paul McGann has said about the Five-ish Doctor sequel. Uh, he recently spoke to uh, Flicks in the City, saying, All I know is when I last spoke to Peter, the reaction to Five-ish Doctors has been so positive that we discussed whether it was a good idea to do another one, and we agreed that we didn't want to do one that was a pale imitation of the first. That would be anticlimactic. He adds... We have to come up with a really good idea first. There's a couple of possibilities floating around, but nothing is set in stone. So Colin's not saying that it won't happen. Colin's saying, saying that they're waiting for they're, a really, really yeah, good script. They're, wait, yeah. they're coming good up idea. with good ideas. Yeah. It's not definitely happening, but it's not definitely not happening. Good, good. Okay, so here's your idea. Uh, he says. He also says clearly doing one about the 51st anniversary isn't going to be interesting. No, no, no. So it's got to be something about something else. So it's just coming up with something else. You're all going to a convention <laughs> road trip. That's we yeah that's, we, that's, we pitched that's, that's that a few weeks ago. I think Colin that's obviously totally the way you need to, to listen to that episode. Yeah. What somebody somebody tw- somebody uh, direct message uh, Peter and Colin on that. The four of you going. You to can a, have a, the a idea. We're not going to take credit for it all. You can have it. Well, a special thanks would well, be nice. Yeah, that would be a nice mention. All right. Based on the idea from traveling the vortex. <laughs> that's, that's all. That's all that's. Next up, some uh, more statements from people. And I, I, I will be the first. <laughs> I will be the first to admit this: that I actually Keith had this on the agenda as well. But I brought this to the table. Yes, I, Glenn, brought this up to the table for discussion on the news piece. Um, Doctor Who missing episode rumors continue. Yes, they continue. I felt this. We had laid low on this long enough that I thought, if it's going to come back up, we might as well talk about it. And when I read this, I was a bit encouraged. Philip Morris, who, as many know, is the hero of the Doctor Who Missing Episodes, was recently asked about the ongoing rumors of more episodes being discovered. And he said on a Facebook group, quote, A tricky one to answer, and fans will want a yes or no, haven't you or have you, But it's complex. All I can say is the wind is blowing the right way. Be patient. I don't wish to jeopardize the ongoing project in any way. And feel the fans... And feel the fans of all Lost TV will be very happy with the outcome. (laughs) Sean's just got a smug look on his face. (laughs) I, I had not heard this. At all until you guys mentioned it in the in the pre-show meeting. So this is this is this is news to me. Um, I'm just going to say justify and <laughs> drop the mic and walk off. <laughs> he also uh, somebody asked him what two stories he would like to see most returned, and he said Tenth Planet episode four and the Power of the Daleks. Yeah, the power is on everybody's list. But he also said. Fans should not expect any news in the near future. Yeah. There are, he quote, there are no new announcements in the pipeline at present. It can sometimes be the wrong thing in ongoing work and investigation. An example would be during the last announcement, I was in a very hostile part of the world, and suddenly I was everywhere on TV. My anonymity was compromised, which made the team a target. So we must plan these things carefully for the greater good of the project and the safety of the personnel involved. Yeah. So. so that's another reason of not to start you going out there and yelling. They found them all. They found them all. Yeah. There's yeah. a reason they have. If they have found something, they haven't announced it. Absolutely, because 
people, unfortunately, bad people, will look at this as a commodity when you start to talk about the importance of it. Yeah. And suddenly it becomes a huge risk for those people that are trying to secure these uh, items. So. Well, didn't we talk about, uh, well, I don't know, maybe I mentioned it, that, I just, uh, that in my head this guy's, you know, he goes into these places like Indiana Jones. He's got yeah. his hat and his bullwhip <laughs> and his, and his gun. Impression and, you know, yeah. He kicks over the door to the Hidden Temple and finds Doctor Who reels. And that's that's <laughs> how this works. And it's obviously it's a hostile environment yeah. with snakes and tarantulas and and drug lords and <laughs> warlords and all kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. Yeah. Happen there, so. um, but no, I... Just just based on that, I, if I were to go out on a limb, I would say, yeah, I think that really probably validates a good chunk of that rumor that's been sort of the Omni rumor. Well, and that's that the problem. And they're just still negotiating the, the piecing it together. That's the problem with the Omni rumor, though, is I, I think that's still over, based on what he's saying here, that still overstates, I think, the Omni rumor. Overpromises. Yeah, overpromises. I think that probably what we'll see is him securing another maybe dozen stories and that's it. I don't see us getting the big mother load that we're all hoping for. But on the flip side, maybe there could be more out there. That do, do, there's, do you, there's always hope. Do you think that the, the, the name drop is in any way important? No. That what would you like to see returned? That he names no. Power of the Dalek? Because I don't think he, he, knows that I think he plays progress, his cards or? close enough to his chest that he's going to be very careful not to say this now so that Six months from now, when he comes out and says, "Yeah, I have these," or "Yes, we have," excuse me, "Yes, we have these," then everything everything he ever says will be scrutinized from that point on, even you know tenfold more. Going back. Yeah. So that's why I think you you play those cards very close to your chest. So you you do mention things that you'd like to see that you don't necessarily have a beat on. So unfortunately for power fans. Power of the Dogs fans. That's 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 to it, me. That's that's isn't Power one of the ones that didn't get shipped off too. I don't remember. Was, what this, well, I remember I seeing remember, the article. We've, we've and it was a Dalek these, story but, yeah. that did not get shipped well, off anywhere. Be, the the, the, the ones that are Dalek's still missing. Plan well, the one that of course, yeah, that one's Feast of Stephen. And Feast of well, Stephen will not ever yeah, be found. It's it, it just it, it never shipped. Um, but in that mess of stuff that we're still looking for Dalek-wise, we also have Evil the Daleks. Maybe that's the one hasn't been hasn't been unearthed yet. All right, so let me extrapolate. One step further on this crazy rumor mill. In hindsight, we realized that Stephen Moffat knew, we presume that he knew, <laughs> that we were getting Web of Fear because we suddenly got a whole bunch of great intelligence, great intelligence episodes yeah. in, the, in, the, in the lead up to the 50th. And that that seemed just a little too perfectly timed, you know, to, to dismiss as coincidence. Do you think maybe season eight is going to have any dropped hints? I mean, we, we mentioned last week that it was a Dalek-heavy trailer. <laughs> maybe there's something to that. That's true, but I think that, unfortunately, that's what you go to. When you see it, when, it, when a precedent is set for that, then your hopes sure. become very I, high. I, I'll, I'll freely say that that's, you know, I, I think, speaking I, way outside the I box I think that here. is way outside the box because I think shadows, suddenly, your, suddenly your hopes are high. And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's always a possibility, but I think it's less likely now that that will happen. So, And I think if it I think, were, it, I think it goes more towards what we talked about earlier, the stories on moratorium now possibly tying loosely into Series 8 and that being the hook this year. So... Hopefully. 
We talked a little last Did we talk about all that? We talked off mic, so I don't think we want to go yeah, too much into that because I don't want to spoil some people. It's a rumor. If you want to look that up. It's not even a rumor. If you want to look some of the moratorium things up, yeah, that's wild speculation just on our behalf. Yeah, behalf, so. Well, going back real quick to scrutinizing what he says, uh, he said last year, before Web of Fear and Enemy World, he declared the episodes all gone before the announcement. And he defended himself in that statement, saying, It was a statement of fact. All the original video recordings are wiped. All the known negatives were junked, and all the contract film copies sent to the landfill. They are... The facts, sadly. However, the moving on from that, you have the non-return prints audition films. The things that when people thankfully thought that's, to take home. That's fan-baiting. I don't, I don't So know. it's kind of, yeah, you, you, you can't, he's going to say what is best for finding the episode. Yeah. So right. You can't that's, scrutinize every single thing he absolutely. says. Absolutely. Because, yeah, I mean, that, that just goes back to the whole thing. Well, fan, I, I fan would be inclined to believe that, that, it, that it's the exact opposite. That you, if you, these you, are the you, two that he's going to name drop, that these are not going to be part of whatever he's found just yeah. because of the right. negotiation exactly. process is exactly. going on. Exactly. But That's why I, I, and this gets into that realm of what always irritates me about Stephen Moffat is the idea of saying one thing as misdirection and then having to come back and justify what you said. Just don't do it in the first place. Well, yeah. Don't do that. Or and come out and say, you know what? That's one of Morse's faults, <laughs> is that he did that, and then he had to turn around and justify what he said. Now. Yeah, I so hope, at least hopefully he, he learned yeah. from that. I, yeah. you know, I don't mind. If you're going to do that, just say, hey, you know what? I was lying, dude. <laughs> I can, I can, right, admit I it. Okay. Don't, don't, don't come up with a cover story. Yeah, yeah I, agree. Okay. Nah. I agree. <laughs> Moffat lies. Okay. I'm perfectly all right with that. Speaking of missing episodes, the ones that we have recovered even recently have now surfaced on Hulu Plus. So which new ones did they add? The new ones are Web of Fear, all oh. six parts, uh, Enemy of the World, all six parts, and then along with those are ones that uh, were found, or was one particular story that was found uh, er- earlier on, which is Tomb of the Cybermen, has now been mm-hmm. added. Um, and then one that has not been missing <laughs> ever <laughs> is Planet of Spiders, which uh, has been. Uh, I think that's one of the Pertwees that we never had any was, trouble it with. Was never just, in jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, it was never in jeopardy. And then uh, there is one more story, a Sylvester McCoy story that's been added. Time in the running. So I'm ah. excited to see that on there, especially um, with the recent passing of Kate Amaro. Uh, those people that don't own that particular story now have a chance to go back and and, and revisit Kate and uh, and celebrate her life as well. So, so how many missing? How many episodes aren't on Hulu at this point? Do we you know? know? I, I, I didn't compare with that material. Um, this certainly well, there's more than thirteen this, episodes now. This certainly there's narrow, seven hundred well, and something classic. Yeah, this certainly narrows the scope. But I, I mean, certainly Doctor Who movies not there's on there. Hundred missing. Uh, yeah, a hundred of those are missing. Yeah, so you true. can't. Yeah, you can't. Count those. Okay, have so they added any of the animated ones yet? Two hundred. I have not seen Shulka on there. I have not well, seen I mean, like Scream of the Shulka. Or, uh, I haven't seen Planet. Scream of the Shulka. I haven't seen. No, I haven't seen any of the ones that they have inserted animations. I don't believe Invasions okay. on there. I don't believe Moonbase is on there. I don't believe Tenth Planet is on there yet. Um, I was quite surprised to see the missing episodes turn up on here. Especially since the ones because, of reconstruction. Yeah, well, and, but I think they've, they've certainly sort of maybe run their financial course because we did get them in October in digital release. 
Um, finally, here in the U.S., we got uh, both Web of Fear and Enemy of the World, which was kind of a, a bit of a wait. But once once you hit the di- the DVD status and hit the sales, the next logical step is to make that money off of licensing from from pay services online. Yeah. Oh, so. so what they did was lump the episodes into the lost episodes. Yeah, they are actually like. they actually call the. Uh, Enemy of the World and Web of Fear, they actually are listed as Classic Doctor Who Lost Episodes, The Web of Fear, and Classic Doctor Who Lost Episodes, uh, Enemy of the World. So, Gotcha. Yeah. They don't do that particularly with um, Tomb of the Cybermen, but I think that was a calculated move to promote having been a Having been a previously lost episode until, you know, the last 10 years. I think they, that was in 92, I think it was. In Hong Kong, yeah. yeah. So, uh, almost 20 years now. Um. Yeah, but that that at one time was one of the coveted uh, lost episodes as well. So I think it was a calculated effort. Not to mention, Tomb is, it was recently released in a uh, special, special edition, edition format yeah. as well. So that that has something to do with that as well. So, all right, let's move on. And get through the rest of this news. Uh, Chicago TARDIS has announced their first guests. Uh, a number of them. Including a bunch of behind the scenes. I'm just going to name off some And this names. is their first round, right? This is their yeah. first round of guests. This is for this year, November. For this year, November. Okay. Um, Who is they? Several authors, including Graham Burke, uh, Robert Smith, um, Big Finish folks like Jason High Ellery, Nicholas Briggs. <laughs> I think Nick comes back every year, doesn't he? That's so. an excuse to party. Yeah, I'd, I'd, absolutely. If, I, if I had that gig, I'd show up at every party with fans. Dominic Glynn will be there, who... Uh, composer. Composer, worked on Trial of the Time Lord season. The prop designer who designed K-9. Oh. Matt Irving. Keith, we gotta go to Chicago TARDIS just so that you can see I the... Uh, him. Uh, designer K-9. Did you see that And cutaway? he spent a good chunk of his career operating it. Did you see the cutaway K-9 poster? With the, yeah. Isn't that cool? That's really that neat. neat. Yeah. K-9. Um... An actress from Time of the Doctor, Sunita Henry, played Colonel Meme. I'm assuming that's how you say that. Uh, so, kind of one of the supporting. Uh, the two kids from The Doctor, The Widow, The Ward, or from, I'm sorry, The Snowman. The two kids. Uh, and then, kind of the big name right now is Billy Piper. Yeah. Ooh. So, I might get a chance to see Billy if I make it up to the yes. She will be there only Saturday and Sunday. I don't know if I told you this. I, I don't want to make any promises or anything or any huge statements, but I think I'm I'm my focus now is to get to Chicago Tardis this year. So, oh really? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how know. realistic that will be, so don't even get their hopes up, but that's that's my target. So <laughs> let us know. I will. And then finally Sean has a bit of information for us. Well, as uh, most of our listeners know, we uh, attended British Fest in Omaha a couple weeks back. Speaking of conventions. Speaking of conventions. And uh, we uh, mentioned the numbers that they hadn't quite finalized everything. Uh, but we they were estimating somewhere in the neighborhood of 600 right, We folk. have a rough idea, right? Um, and uh, I just thought I would mention that uh, the official numbers are in. And that uh, Brit- it was really twelve. <laughs> <laughs> we may have overestimated slightly. <laughs> There was us and Moose. And three and of us were in the... the, the <laughs> so really there was only nine other than us um, and Moose. So there really there was only eight other well, than us. Well, then you got to count Sarah and Mel. And yeah, Sarah and Mel and my kids. And there were 12 of us at British Fest. What sort of drugs did we take that we thought there were more people there? 
Um, the good ones. <laughs> The uh, they, they did uh, the charity. They had the charity made auction. Me spray my podcast I, 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 juice almost, all over. I was, I was I was going for it. I would not have been happy about that. Would have got on my computer. Uh, <laughs> I've already had one die. I don't want another no, one. That's dead. true. <laughs> <laughs> they they did the charity auction, uh, which uh, proceeds went to the Wounded Warrior Charity, yeah. and raised sixteen hundred dollars, and had a total of seven hundred and three people. Show up to this convention, which they were they were anticipating and hoping for three hundred. Yeah. So wow. Wow. for yeah. our first year, that's that's, that's more than twice as many people now. So yeah. that's fantastic. Well, that was up until five years ago. That's galley numbers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. You know, so that's that's huge. And and everybody's asking, is there going to be a second one? And uh, but the, we don't know yet. But uh, yeah, but Moose assured us that he was going to. If, gonna, if he did another one, really he hard. was going to try really hard to get a Doctor Who guest. Yeah. So. so, I love the, the congratulations, the on their, Moose, uh, and everyone else that was uh, uh, instrumental yeah. in putting that together. So, I, I love the tagline on their website. It's uh, the two hobbits, and he says, "We had British Fest. What about Second British Fest?" <laughs> <laughs> and that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. When are we, when are we getting that? So they, they are hard at work on uh, uh, finalizing whether or not they can do it. Or not, so. Cool. So hopefully we will come back with more news. And if you are in the area, we definitely encourage you to go because it was a lot of fun. All right. Well, should we move on to feedback? Feedback. I'm feeling a little jovial tonight. So should we sing the old-fashioned feedback song? Sure. All of us together? Why not? Can we do it together? Yeah. Because we, we can get it all in line here. All right. Okay. Ready? You're going to lead us off? You you do it. You're, you're, you're in charge of the songs. All right. You ready? Lawrence Welk used to say, a one and a two. Feedback. Feedback. We've got some feedback. Jazz hands. Oh, you even said jazz hands this time. Good job, Keith. Well, last time I said it, I just didn't do it. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, this time he did. Okay, so I should have recorded that. We should have. Then you wouldn't have been able to do. We had material for our YouTube channel, which we don't put stuff up enough. Uh, Rachel commented on our recent Facebook post for the last podcast. If you remember, we. Thought Sean thought that Rachel was going to go to Maryland. To chide Sean. Uh, she said, Sean, he would be incorrect. As much as I would love to go to Maryland, I am not. I'm pretty sure that was sarcasm on whoever's part when they posted the piece of news. Smiley face. I was instrumental in making sure that that was added to the I'm, feedback. I'm, so I'm that, sure uh, you were instrumental adding it to the feedback and the website and the Sean news. Was and, wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say this, Rachel. Wait. <laughs> I know you're going. You know you're you going. You just don't know you're going yet. Come you just on. don't know it yet. <laughs> you just don't know it yet. So. Well, have fun in Maryland, Rachel. <laughs> go, go and visit my sister. Apparently Melvin's going to be there. I, I wouldn't have said Mel. that until he was right about a certain date last year. So. <laughs> Easter Saturday. <laughs> when is a Dalek not a Dalek? When it's an Easter Saturday. Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> well, now, now we just needed to pull like a community did when they were got delayed for season four. Every time who premieres, it's Easter Saturday, no matter what the day. <laughs> I like it. You remember that promotional video? There? Yeah, yeah. Sean, no, Sean doesn't know what I'm no, talking I, about. Yeah. Not that it actually came back on Easter it, Saturday, no, just that we're going to call it Easter we're Saturday. Call it Easter Saturday. <laughs> It'll be August, but we're going to call it Easter Saturday. It's next weekend. Yeah. Okay. I'm down with that. Doctor Who back Easter Saturday. 
<laughs> when is Easter Saturday not Easter Saturday? When is August 7th? <laughs> or August 23rd, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, our Have other fun bit. at the con, Rachel. <laughs> our other bit of feedback comes from Holly. Holly writes, The Ripple Effect and Rapture. Hey guys, well I'm wondering if Blondie's Rapture is going to be used as the opening music or the closing music for this episode. Let's just play it now. Do you have a queued up one? <laughs> no, it's, it was at the beginning of the podcast. Oh, was it at the beginning? Yeah. Well, we haven't, hear I haven't heard the beginning of the I, podcast. I play yet, the so. music out as, as, we, as, as Keith begins to do his intro. Were you not listening? You didn't have your headphones on. I didn't did have you? my headphones on. I oh, missed, I missed that. Missed it. It's amazing I get my cue right every time. When I don't have my headphones in. That's <laughs> because I point at you. It's, oh, yeah, it's true. It's the, it could be the delay of... It's the miracle it's of naughty. editing will make that the, the song into this show. Thanks for the suggestion, Holly. Yes, <laughs> thank you for the suggestion, Holly. Uh, I don't. I, I don't. I, I, I want to say can sound conceited, but I had already thought of that when I listened to Rapture. But. Uh, I'm just going to have to wait to find Maybe out. Maybe I'll mix things up and it'll be the lead out of the show. <laughs> By the time you're reading this, I'll probably know. <laughs> by the time I read this, I didn't know. Yeah, so. <laughs> but I think she means by the time she hears this read, she will probably know. Oh, eh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I, I should just—I should really just mess everybody up and not even include it at all now. You should, <laughs> now that you should, we've talked about you it, you should not use it and wait and put it as the intro to next week's show. <laughs> no, I'm going to do uh, that Bee Gees song, um, uh, "Tragedy." For next week's show, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. What's next week? That's the one that Scott thought should have been at the beginning of the <laughs> week that we named Trent. <laughs> so so <laughs> I'm laying in wait <laughs> in order to spring that. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest <laughs> troll ever. Remind me never to play an April Fool's joke on you because. <laughs> Wow! That's like some Dumb and Dumber 2 stuff there. You mean you've been in the insane asylum for 20 years? Yeah. Oh. Oh. You'd do Frankenfurter proud. <laughs> Tragedy! Oh. you got to do it now. <laughs> Can we, can we listen to that now? Can the the meta has been set. <laughs> Man, just reading that sentence now. Heads hurting just slightly. Shrugs. Wibbly wobbly. Timey wimey. Got just it. listening to us now. I'm sure it's hurting. My head's hurting. Does that count? Sean, from now on, should we be referring to you as Griswold? <laughs> For those who are wondering... National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and a link. Yes. <laughs> in in more ways than one. She's referring to the sledding incident. Correct. The, the, yes. the water yes. slides from from. Uh, from <laughs> I, you know, I, there may have been a fire contrail behind me. <laughs> um. One of the things I forgot that we did this past weekend is I had a, a work barbecue. I invited everybody from work over and. 
I saw pictures on Facebook. Not real friends, just work people. Oh, (laughs) that's why I wasn't invited. That's that's why we weren't invited. I didn't want you to film it. Um, And uh, so I don't get invited to the friend things either. Oh, that's not true. (laughs) You're just never available. But uh, I, I managed to pull a Griswold, and uh, I was uh, <laughs> somebody brought chicken. Harley, Harley brought chicken, and I was walking outside to give it to Brother Aaron because I'm not entrusted with the grill. Sorry, stop. I don't know where that came from. Your life radically changed in nine seconds. Sorry. Are you Continue. 18 or over? I am done. Continue. <laughs> But um, Harley brought chicken over, and I took it outside to Brother Aaron because I'm not to be trusted with the grill. We all know this. I have one, I have one level of cooking on the grill, and that's carbon dated. That's how I like my hot dogs. You know, crank it up on high, let them go. Check back in an hour. And uh, as I walked out, I kind of like how you boil eggs. This is, Popcorn. <laughs> I, I bought a new Whirly Pop. By the way. I, I, I looked at that and went, nah, I'm just going to give up. I registered it, though. So I've got an official oh, one now. Go. But um, I hadn't been drinking yet. But I went outside and just lost my balance on you know the stair. <laughs> now, I say stair with precision. Because there's only one step. I have one step that goes out of my house to the patio. And for whatever reason, I hit that step and started to topple over and decided it'd be a good idea to brace myself against the grill. Oh, is that? Oh, and yeah. so <laughs> I, I've been waiting to see if yeah, you're going to mention I what that forgot is. All, all, forgot he all has a huge, a huge, probably six inch uh, burn spot on his arm, which is probably a third degree burn, which he probably should have had treated, but he's going to tell you that no, he probably just put some butter on it. Some butter me. Ooh, is butter work? No, you're not supposed to. That's an old wives' tale. Oh, okay. Back in the day, they told you to put butter on it. But you're not supposed to do that because it it keeps it from breathing, and birds Uh, need to breathe. So there's your lesson for the day, kids. Do not put butter on the burn. No butter on the burn. Um, I should probably text Mel then. (laughs) She burned herself tonight. Oh, gosh, yeah. (laughs) Are you saying she's a little wild? No, she, <laughs> I might wait. No to you. What do you? Are you saying she's an old wife? I said it was an old wife. Oh, you suspect uh, she's going to use it? No, so. okay. uh, no, no, wait. She, no to you. No to you. No, no to both of you. Uh, yeah, Mel was getting her her tea ready, and we have one of the water coolers, and it's one of that's got both. It's got cool and scalding li- hot. Li- liquid hot scalding <laughs> magma, uh, and she got her glass full of the liquid hot scalding to make the tea and then apparently dropped it and just all oh, over her hand oh, and down her leg and everything. So she she was in a lot of pain when I left to come here. So if you go home and she's got her hand in a tub of butter. Yeah, I'll call it water. Not good. Uh, no, I just I kept ice on it all during the party and people kept looking at me, Are you all right? It's like, no. <laughs> and that's I, I think that's do. the only reason that you it hasn't it. blistered exactly is because I've been icing it pretty much. Icing nonstop. it is 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 to lower the temperature yeah. of the of the skin because that will continue the pain will continue if you don't ice it. Yeah. So that it's, it's actually it down. looks a lot better than I thought it was going to. So uh, wow. yeah, you can call me Grizzle. <laughs> <laughs> For my next trick, I will fall off a ladder. Unlike Daleks. Sean is no good at stairs. <laughs> <laughs> the dogs have mastered them. Okay. Sean's still not. Stare. 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 I could be defeated by stare. <laughs> I used to fall downstairs, too. But, well, <laughs> what was it? Three weeks ago, I fell upstairs where Patrick's. <laughs> the, the, oh, yeah. 
You fell upstairs? Yeah. Well, you know, the <laughs> okay. apartment that's complex. A, that's a real feat to fall upstairs. <laughs> that's what my feet said. Um, you, you know, the, the, the apartment <laughs> complex exactly here is, yeah. you know, they're like, who's that artist? That, MC Escher? Yeah, they're, they're like Escher stairs. And uh, I tripped over the top one and went down and had a Peter Griffin moment as I lay there going, ah, for about an hour. That was like a month ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, I don't know when it was. It's going been a while since I've been to Going downstairs. Yeah. Going upstairs again. <laughs> <laughs> I hate these new freaking stairs. <laughs> All kidding aside, on to the reviews. This is... Um, We're still talking about Holly's feedback. <laughs> yes. Holly continues. The ripple effect. This was a good little story. The Daleks actually being nice and helpful. Is the universe coming to the ultimate end? Did the Seventh Doctor and Ace wind up in an alternate universe? These are some of the questions that crossed my mind Excuse me. while I was reading this ebook. I loved the interactions in this one between the Doctor and Ace. The Octor... The Octor? The Octor? The Octor. The Doctor was an author. He'd be an Octor. The Author had the character voices down pat. Ace realizing that the Doctor wanted to do was to bomb, wanted to do with a bomb to free the TARDIS from the quicksand they were stuck in was dangerous. I also liked how Ace even calls the Doctor on the carpet just a bit with his thinking there was a trap at every turn when they were talking, when they were taking the Grand Tour of Scar with Tuluna. Tuluna? That's right. Sorry. Tuluna. Though my hackles got raised. Tulana. Tulana? Sure. Because <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm having a cool runnings moment here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't repeat that one on hey, air. Hey, yeah, dead monk. That's the one. <laughs> we dead monk. <laughs> you want to kiss my egg, coach? Egg, coach. I want to kiss my egg. Ah, though my hackles got raised right along with the doctor when (laughs) Tuana mentions that some of the Time Lords, along with the Time Lord President, were on the planet of Skaro. The doctor, realizing that he was the one who set this into motion, was a rather cool twist as well. Rapture. This was an enjoyable story. The twist that they did on the opening theme music to match that of the dance club was a nice touch. I also have to say that the Spanish accents used in the story were very authentic. I heard quite a bit of that accent when I spent a semester abroad in Spain when I was in college. Back to the story. Gustavo is quite the character and very enjoyable. When the angels were first introduced, my thought was, don't blink. But then I remembered we weren't dealing with weeping angels. Jude and Gabriel are quite interesting, although not much is said as to what kind of race they actually are, unless I missed it. We get introduced to Liam, Ace's younger brother that she knew nothing of. I can see where Ace at first doesn't want to believe him and her anger, which I don't think too much is directed at him, but more so her mother and her not telling her the truth, and probably also the fact that Ace is used to being the only person in her family alongside those she chooses to be have be part of her family, the Doctor. I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on these two stories. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thanks, Holly. I do want to mention that if anybody sent email this week and we didn't read it out, there is a chance we were down up we were up and down this weekend as far as our website and our email goes again. Um, some issues that K9 managed to hammer again for us. <laughs> and Matt, we, we thank you hugely for that. Um, if you did send something and you didn't hear it, it's not because we're ignoring you. It's because we, there's a chance we, we, we didn't, didn't get it. it. Um, Keith did test the email feed tonight when we realized we only had uh, one bit of email feedback uh, tonight. And so it is working. Uh, we just want to make sure if you sent something and it bounced back to you or you, it got lost somewhere in the vortex, send it again and let us know, okay? 
even if it's what we review this week. We still yeah, want to absolutely. Hear absolutely. Because we don't want to leave anybody out. You're going to put that link in the show notes, right? Link to what? To the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the okay, you got Griswold it. video. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I can sign off for that. All right, review news. Which you want to start with? Uh, let's do Rapture first, please. Is that okay with everybody? Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I figured we were doing. <laughs> okay, good. Go, go, go right ahead. <laughs> the Seventh Doctor we and might all be on the same page this week. Maybe. <laughs> the Seventh Doctor and Ace visit the Rapture nightclub in Ibiza. Ibiza? What was that? In 1997, where two angels are brainwashing club goers, and Ace discovers a secret about her family. Chirp. Chirp. That's the cricket noise. Yeah. <laughs> Chirp. Chirp. I didn't like this one. Um, I thought it was okay. It, yeah. I, there was parts of it that I thought was interesting. Uh, it's starting off very, for the doctor, feels almost out of character. He's so somber. When I'm not used to Seven being that way. I know they're kind of working that direction in his audios. But coming back to it, it's kind of, after, especially after Bang Bang a Boom, where he's so having so much fun that this is kind of him being so somber, well, you gotta so keep, you serious. Gotta, you got to keep in mind is that the the times that he's uh, traveling with Mel yeah, are or, the comical clown doctor, the even, in, even yeah, in the yeah. TV series, and the times that he's traveling with Ace is the more somber, dark doctor Which, that, that we got at the end of the series. And it always takes me a little bit to get used to it. Yeah. I'm not complaining about it, it I does, like it. It does kind of It jump. just takes yeah. me a little bit to get used to it. And I didn't think about that. I just automatically went, what was the last Ace that we listened to? It was Colditz, right? They come right off of Colditz. Yeah, I, I was kind of resetting my brain, but it had been a while since we, since we did that one. So, so. When, they, when they referenced it, I was like, oh, yeah, that was the one we just listened to. Yeah. Or previously listened to. I like the exploration with Ace and finding out about, about her long-lost brother. I thought that was a nice character explanation exploration for the for her and could adding more depth and more digging into her past. Unfortunately, the angel stuff is where it kind of falls down. You're absolutely right. I think that those are the highlights for me as well. I love the fact that we're doing more of what the series was trying to do mm-hmm. in focusing on Ace's past, on showing us a, a, a different side of Ace, Ace exploring her character. I like that idea. Yeah. I like that they did that at the end of the series and now, uh, and, and on television. Another thing going on, her insisting on being called McShane. Yeah, Dorothy it, is kind of... It's I'm still... We, we just had the one episode of it where she kind of came off and was like, I'm McShane now. And coming back to that, it had been so long that it's like, wow, it's kind of weird. Well, let me set this up a bit because I, I appreciate what Big Finish is doing here because I haven't read the new adventure novels. But it's my understanding that they go a certain direction with Ace in which she becomes she, – she does go by just the uh, nomer of McShane. She comes becomes – very militaristic and gets into a character she becomes a character that that, that that the new adventures chose to take a direction with her which I find very interesting in, in what I've read and what I do appreciate this is that Big Finish has chosen to kind of direct her down this path that the, that the uh, Virgin New Adventures didn't necessarily focus as much on as to why her character changes in the in the in the uh, novelization or the novels, and so I appreciate Big Finish because what Big Finish has always done well is play 
nice in the universe in the sandbox the of, of Doctor Who, yeah. and 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 not only connecting back to the TV series, but acknowledging that there's this wealth of expanded universe that they can the, that they acknowledge because a lot of these guys that were writing for Big Finish in the in the early two thousands were guys that also wrote books in that in that uh, wilderness year era of of the new adventure uh, virgin new adventure novels and so i i thoroughly appreciate the fact that they're acknowledging that that universe exists and utilizing uh the direction that the books took and staying within the quasi continuity of that and so I, I this makes me excited to actually go and read a lot of the virgin new adventures because um, knowing that Ace goes down this path and them kind of being the mediators of leading her into that direction and, and, and maybe filling in some of that gray area um, or, or acknowledging by using the uh, characterization that was developed for the novels, I absolutely appreciate that. So that, to me, is a highlight of this, that, that Ace's character is continuing to be explored and, and leads us into... Uh, those later adventures with the Doctor that, that were explored in, in, in the novels. Well, it starts off as this idea that, as, as a writer, I could see coming in and borrowing an idea from a book. That, you know, well, I wrote this back in the such and such, but, you know, oh, we're, we're going to write this big finish audio. Well, it'd be kind of cool to reintroduce that character. And like bringing Bernice Summerfield, who started off as a book. Yeah, right. You know, she character. was also in the new um, adventures. And, and, and taking those little ideas like that and, and putting them in big finish and saying, well, this will just be a kind of a fun little nod. As the writer, I get that. As the producer, how cool is it for Big Finish to put the official seal of approval on? Yeah, you can do that. Right. You know, that's the cool part of it. And, of course, as discussed earlier off mic, now thanks to Stephen Moffat, it's all canon. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's that's the cool thing about it is not only do they realize that they're playing in a television universe where they, they meticulously place the episodes that they work within the continuity, yeah. To also expand outside of that and place things within the continuity of the novels as well. Yeah. It's it's I continue to be blown away by Big Finish and admire them for what they what they've done with their Doctor Who license and, and keeping really in tune with what fans have learned and come to expect of of, of Doctor Who as an expanded universe as well as a universe overall. I think the other thing that I appreciated about this story. The, the the story is weak. The story is the story suffers from a lot of problems as far as storytelling well, goes. Not a lot really happens in the first yeah. story. What I like is the idea of dealing with a Judeo Christian idea of the angels and using some of that background, but then also creating the idea of interdimensional beings and that using that as kind of an explainer of, of, of some of what was passed down and what maybe was uh, interpreted by the Bible as angels or, yeah. or, or, or you know, uh, um, beings that, that, that have extra or uh, has extra sensory powers or, or, or things like that. So I like the idea of Jude and Gabriel and the, the, the motives that they had and the fact that Gabriel really kind of became almost insane based on where his brother Jude was pushing him. And so I like the idea of the interdimensional beings. It's just taking that idea and then trying to formulate it into this story surrounding a nightclub and teens. Which and, uh, I, did, I did kind of like the exploring the idea, since it is set in the 90s, 
of the mental illness stuff. I, I, I kind of appreciated that. And they pretty much almost quote Fight Club of yeah. our great... We don't have any great wars, no great depression. Our great war is a spiritual war. Our right. great depression is our lives. Right. It's kind of that exploration that's very 1990s, very much, and fits kind of in that rave club scene. I just wish they would have had a better plot or uh, plan for the angels of what they were trying to do. Yes, that's that's the, that's that's the, the biggest big downfall. Yeah. Is the, 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 the lynch soldiers, of so you can what? The linchpin of this is that it's not a well-formulated plan, and once you realize that, the entire rest of the framework falls apart for that story. I I, I like, like you said, everything with Ace or McShane now is is wonderful. We spend so much time praising Ace for taking out Cybermen with slingshots and Daleks with baseball bats and, you know, the Nitro 9 and how great of a companion she is. She doesn't get as much depth in those she, situations. Right. But and what are the repercussions of that? Yeah, exactly. That yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's fun and, and very gratifying to listen to these and remember that she is... 16, 17, 16, 17. Yeah. Although, at this point in the rapture, she makes the comment that she's been traveling with the Doctor for about 10 years. What would be the equivalent of 10 years? Well, 10 years so, Earth time, though, since well, she disappeared. We that, are, that, you I could guess go either maybe way. that's where, yeah, they were going with that. Because my first thought was then, oh, well, then if she was 16, she must be 26 then now. But then I realized within the scope of what we've explored, she hasn't been with him 10 years. Yeah. She's been with him Maybe the equivalent of two. So maybe she's, you know, early adult, um, 18, 19 Well, just, just just for purposes of, of legality, if she's going to be drinking in this club, I'm going to assume that she's 18. 18. The, the other thing you have to nail down, though, yeah, is... I mean, because it's where, not well, in America. Where, where is it? Well, well no, it's... it's in, the club was in... Is it in Mexico or is it in Spain? Because I had two impressions based on the audio story. I got the impression and, it was in some island off of... Mexico. Mexico. That's what I was. That was my first impression. But there was another indication within the story that made me feel that they were in a European, an island in a European setting. And then I thought perhaps it was off the Spanish coast. The other thing that that now kind of leans me to the direction that possibly that was true is that Holly was reminded of her trip to Spain. Now she mentioned it in the context of the language and the the accents which are very similar in both locations. So that could be just solely what she's saying. But my, I landed on a an island near Mexico, and that's where, where I... For, for I the record, uh, Ibaz, uh, did you look this up too? Or? Yeah, I just did. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, a real place, and it's an island in the Mediterranean, uh, okay, so it would be 79 kilometers off the coast of Valencia in eastern Spain. There was something, and it might have even been a, a Mediterranean reference that, 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 that referred to this, that, that as listening to this, my thought went from Mexico, 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 wait, oh, no, yeah. European. Okay, that was the so, problem I had, yeah. because I they kept talking about just across, or just over the, th- and I kept thinking, what, are you going to San Antonio? Where is this? Because right, right. I was so, I don't know why, I just was so very much thought Mexican. But then later it was like, maybe we're not in, I'm, I'm really confused here because this doesn't sound like Mexico anymore. This sounds like. Well, I think what was also confusing is the me, fact for that they're us, referencing the Spanish Civil War. Yeah. Maybe well, that was it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, culturally, though, I think maybe we associate with the Latin American countries. And so that might be why automatically yeah. our minds go to that. Yeah. If somebody in Europe had been listening to this, their minds would have gone to Spain. The, the clues obviously were there because at one point I had to redirect my thinking as to where this was. And so obviously it was 
maybe not made clear, but addressed in the story itself. And so... And I, I will freely admit that by the time they got around to addressing it, I was really having difficulty staying focused on the story because I, I, I found that I just, despite my attraction to the Seventh Doctor and Ace and, and, and hearing their adventures, I just kind of got to the point where I really didn't care anymore. Yeah. You know? So by the time they got around to it, I may have mentally floated away from it before coming back. Um, does anybody happen to know off the top of the head what the drinking age in well, and that, that, yeah, that, 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 that we're talking about. Well, yeah. it, 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 that depends. In Europe, there are a lot of European nations. I believe that sixteen is the legal drinking age. So mm. that that makes that area of her age even fuzzier. So <laughs> we don't we don't know for sure. Here's the other thing that, the, that this addressed that, and this might have just I, I I don't fault this story for going this direction because it is what it is. But I think part of my Turn off of this story. There was there were a lot of things. The plot was a big turn off. But one of the things that might have also tipped the scales was the idea of the adult themes and the adult nature of this story. Uh, we were t- we were dealing we were talking about drugs, which I don't have a problem with addressing that because that is a symptom of society. It's reality. It's something that happens. But to me, in my my microcosm of a mind, Doctor Who is a family and, and children's show, and I've always been billed that way. So when Big Finish, and they've done this before, step outside the bounds of what I yeah. surround Doctor Who with, it, it's it's almost a little unnerving. It's a, it's a little unsettling. Not that I disagree with the story and that, that they should go there, but also when we're talking about, uh, I mean, we there was very... Um, Adult overtones as far as sexual sexual uh, mentions and in humor in the story as well, and so that was something that sort of maybe put me off tilt. And then the plot not being good was the tipping of the scales of well, okay, don't, I'm not quite enjoying this the way I should be enjoying a Doctor Who story, and I think that just maybe took me out of the Doctor Who mindset of the story. I can see that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I don't want it to make it sound like I'm being prudish and saying that they shouldn't <laughs> go there because I think that's what Big Finish has to do. Big Finish is not. It's not. Kids aren't going to listen to. Big it's Finish. not. It's not trying to divide. Uh, devise that niche in children's audio stories. They are going to be primarily for adults, and that's their prerogative. And I think that they should explore that. I think that you, well, in order to, if you're going to set something in a rave or a club yes, setting, you have to, to, you, to you broaden that range. That. You have to address those type of things, and I'm absolutely fine with that. But I think, unfortunately, narrow-mindedly, that was one of the things that maybe set me off, and I thought, oh, wait, this doesn't quite feel like Doctor Who because of those elements and those aspects. I, I have to agree. The first time they mentioned Angel Dust, and... I went. Well, that's the, you, you, you can't use that as a, a, a mythological, you know, agent of your angelism because that's that's just it's PCP. I mean, come on. Oh wait, it is PCP. Yeah. What have I gotten into? I mean, it, it, right. I, I had the same reaction. It really hit me that this is not what I expected. Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously. We've had how many Pertwee stories were set in pubs? I mean, that's going to a bar is not a big deal. And I certainly think the alcohol culture is certainly more acceptable. Yeah, and 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 and, you know, Ace. You know, we talked about. By the way, the official uh, drinking age answer, according to Yahoo Answers, for anybody who's really curious, is apparently allowed at sixteen, but officially eighteen. Right. So, especially in the tourist series. So, if we assume that's only true for a lot of yeah, and if and if we assume that Ace is within that two to three year span with the Doctor, 
16 probably in Dragonfire, 18 or 19. 16 in Dragonfire. Yeah. I think that has that has or, been I think that has been identified and nailed down. Okay. Uh, so then, you know, 18 or 19 by now. You know, so she's the fact that Ace goes into a pub and orders a pint, I have no problem with right. that. No, I mean, of all of the absolutely. companions, she's the one I would most expect to have absolutely. a pint. I'd like to have a pint with Ace. Yeah. I mean, it's I a, sh- I'd like to enjoy a we pint. Should, that's, we should do a show, Drinking with Companions. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We should just go to, it's like comedians you'd, in you'd cars with, getting coffee. coffee. Oh, yeah, she'd drink me under the table. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down. Well, but, that's, that's the thing also is... We're looking at it somewhat from an American point of view, where yes. drinking is so much more taboo. Where over in Europe, you can have drinks with your have wine or stuff with your family, even under sixteen. That's yeah. certainly so. A good point. For, for, for those of you that write in and go, I don't quite get what the Midwestern perspective of your show is all about. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> this is what we're talking about. We don't get it. Um, but yeah, I just I, you know I don't have a problem with that, and I like the idea of Ace needing. To kind of mentally regroup after, a break. The, the, you know, the, yeah. the, the the benefits of the and, and just saying, you know, I need to kick back and relax and be a kid, and it's like, you know, that's because we are so focused on the Dalek Hunter and the Cyberman that you kind of forget that she's a teenager. Well, and how many times do they try to go on a vacation and end up on the wrong planet? Oh, yeah. all constant. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's kind of nice. She hasn't got cut a break. Yeah. That's what boils yeah. down. To and it's me. kind of nice the fact that she actually does kind of get a break. At yeah. least for a little while, where all the other times they don't actually get. To Unfortunately, that one. break makes even things even worse for her. Yeah, well, yeah. So, so, so I get, she's so, glad to pick up back with the doctor. Well, we, we we get a break, and okay, we're going to take this rest. And oh, I have a brother. What? <laughs> I mean, just out of the blue, kerthunk. There it is, and it's like, oh wow. And so, of course, I was glad for that element. Though. I was too, but if immediately, for that element, the story would have been much weaker. Exactly. Yeah, oh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Immediately, you start running through the standard sci-fi trope of okay, mm-hmm. so who is this guy? Is he, <laughs> you know, is he an imposter? He's a, maybe it's the master in disguise. It's a, you know, and you start trying to because it's not her brother. It can't be her brother. And they lay a very simple explanation yeah, out there yeah. that this is what happened. It's common it's happened before it's not unusual but you still spend a good chunk of that middle section going Wondering. especially when you find out you know when he has a picture and re- recognizes her you're like yeah well you're in assassin you know what is the deal? thing is that the, the setup to this is they don't drop the brother idea until later on and so you're wondering why because that's why what se- second episode that, that, that they finally you, get to it? yeah why are you making a big deal about well what are you going to do it, it almost does sound like that whole assassin thing, or I've been programmed to kill this woman, or that kind of. Yeah. They kind of give you that impression or feeling. They down that way yeah. on purpose, I think. Um, so there's that. And, and, and don't, like you said, I, thank goodness for that thrust of the story, because otherwise we'd be left with these really bizarre, not effectual alien well, and, entity and, and things. And to some extent, and, I, I wonder if the author focused too much on that part. And the. Alien entity part fell down because of it. maybe it's, it's he possible. He came up with this great way to give more depth to Ace and do a great character study, and then oh yeah, we need to have something alien because of Doctor Who. Yeah, that's just okay. Where would Ace go to chill out a club? Okay, so maybe well okay, this works, and it, it, and it does to an extent. It's very much you, you watch Samurai Jack. Some. Do you remember the episode where the he, he visited the village with all the children that had disappeared at night, that, that like their personalities had done this flip? 
and, okay. the, and the, the townspeople beg Jack to go and investigate. So he he goes, and there's a DJ there who's putting on a rave, and all the children of the town. And so he puts on this music, and it's and it's brainwashing the kids, and a coo's up on the monitor, and it's sending this hypnotic thing. And Jack has to have this massive fight with the DJ. That's all I could think of was singing to this thing. <laughs> I kept waiting for because like yeah, I've already heard the story, and Samurai Jack did it way better than doing. I'm sorry, but it's just like, okay, evil DJ, got it. Let's, you know, and I kind of hoped that the boombox would make a reappearance. That would have been kind of a nice know, touch. Yeah, you know, we're going to counter that with this, okay? Because okay, he's amped it up, right? No, didn't didn't show up. I just, you know, I, I think you're right. There's way too much going on here. It's just a very busy story, and unfortunately, some elements fell down because of it. I mean, we've got Gustav, and we've got this yeah. great allegory to the, you know, <laughs> and Gustav's plays just a. Nice supporting character, and then all of a sudden, he takes a left turn and funded the whole thing, and then, and then he's gone. And yeah. It's like, why did you even bother to do that? I that's know. exactly that's right. The, that's the, the problem. The, the character is very is way underused, is in my opinion. Yeah. Is, or they needed to either have somebody else be the backer, or they just were able to back themselves. Yeah. Drop drop this surprise on us, and then let it hang, and then let it go. And yeah. I didn't like that. I, that was way too much. I think the other thing that I don't like about this is it it sets up as this this. Um, Jim Jones um, mesmerizing, uh, turning youth, and, and I still don't understand what the point of creating this army was for. But, well, we, but the we, point was to hopefully, if they take them, they'll forgive the brother and let him back. Yeah, right. And, uh, in, in their own in their own dimension yeah, or wherever yeah, they were. That's from the whole point, and it's kind of so, like, uh, yeah. But that's that's weak. It just and, it didn't. So it didn't, they need they, souls. They didn't. Oh, that's the be, this is the best. That's this, what it sounds like. This is this, yeah, this, is, this is the best correlation that we can get to the religious fight for souls. Right. Is this? But when it's that done, doesn't work. Then. But then when it's <laughs> done being that as weak as it is, then it becomes a revenge story. Yeah, and. It's like the story can't decide what it wants to be. I and think I think it would have been benefited if it were three parts. Because you kind of get that oh climax. God, no, don't add any more to this story. No, well, no, no, three parts. Oh, three cut it down from four cut, to three. Cut it down from four to three. Yeah, so it's you lose that revenge plot. His brother dies. He's so racked with grief, he goes back to his own dimension. Done. He's remorseful for that road that he drove his brother down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it would have given more depth instead of, you killed my brother, prepare to die now. It's, it, I know grief is one thing, but it's obviously it wasn't any of their faults. Uh, well, that, it was that, your fault. You did it That's yourself. the other thing uh, is that it, it, by the end of the story, you're not really sure who's at fault. Because even at the at the point, at the end of the, the, the story... Where Jude is sort of redeemed at a point, it's it's like okay everything is fixed, everything is copacetic, and then they they have that little cliffhanger weird thing at the end where he's already seducing somebody else to be yeah. to, to, to go. It's almost like we felt like we were going to do something more with this story, and we're going to tease you for something we might do later on the line. Unfortunately, you lost me on this story. I don't care what you do later on yeah. down the line. I don't know. I, I just I, I there are parts of it that I really want to like, and then there are other parts of it that just fall down so badly that it's like no, I can't really even yeah. 
that the, definitely the sum of the parts is not greater than the whole in this case. And I mean, I didn't hate it enough to give it the horn. Yeah, yeah agreed. agreed. It, it, it's it, just it, the story that is. It's just a story that is. And in my mind, for Big Finish, it's a very subpar story. Yeah, and, well, you know, but when you look at it on the whole, when you've got 180-some main range stories out there that exist, you're going to have a few of those that are so sure. Hey, even as we do with with, with televised Doctor yeah. Who, there's there's some clunkers in the bunch, and you know, all Who is good Who. This is a clunker, <laughs> but it's it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I just you know, I, I I don't know how I didn't I don't I don't know. If, God, where could you go to other than making it three parts? Where could you yeah, really I, I improve on this? And I think part of it, honestly, too, is I, I get. I get a little outside my comfort zone anytime we bring up this based on a religion idea. I, so I don't. Yeah, that, that's one aspect that I kind of like. Well, uh, it's uh, Supernatural did it in a couple episodes. I, I kind of like if you're there's you can't ignore that the fact that these religions exist. Sure, sure. Even no, in I, universe, I, I, yeah. So it, it's kind of nice to have an explanation. Now, granted, this isn't an actual explanation. They're exploiting the religion more than anything else. Well, and even that is not. I mean, obviously, Stargate did it to great success yeah. with you know worship me <laughs> and all this kind of stuff, <laughs> and, and a great reference yeah. that that was. Um, but just, I don't know. I think when, when when you walk down that path in science fiction, it's easier to do with dead religions. When it's a yeah, active, that's true. active religion, it's much harder to do well because then you have run the chance of offending people. And I think that's why they kind of walk the line of they're exploiting, exploiting the religion as opposed to explaining the religion. Yeah. That's yeah. where this. Well, and you know me. I mean, you know me. I'm not. I'm not going to be offended by this. Well, no, but others but, could. Be. But others could be. But I, th- I think. I think you're right there. I think that cause w- within the realm of science fiction, once you go down the religion path, that this is how we're going to set that up. It's like, okay, the mental checklist starts going. It's like, these are going to be zealots or this or that. Which of these nut jobs are you going to give That's us for true, this? Yeah. And, and, and you, 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 so you kind of wind up boxing yourself in right off the bat that this is the story. And it, it's hard to tell this kind of story without boxing yourself in. And so I think right at the offset, it was kind of like, okay, it's going to be one of those. And maybe that was my fault. Maybe my mindset well, immediately it's... flipped to that. I don't, you know. Okay, we're doing Dorothy stuff. This will be cool. Oh, now we got this going on. It just I don't know. It's because it was so busy, and then the religious setting. Yeah. What was the other one that did that? Was it Hellfire Club was kind of along the same lines yeah. with yeah. Which that 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 I don't mind as much because it's kind of a the opposite side of the coin for most religions. Right. It's 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 there, but it's not as prevalent. Uh, and I think why you can do it more so for the uh, ex, quote unquote extinct religions is. Especially like going back to Stargate, you can easily, you can blur the lines a lot more. It's a yeah. lot easier to do because we don't truly know what they believe. We have a good idea, but we don't. We know they worship these certain characters and whatnot, but we truly don't know what it was like during that time. It's not until if Christianity ever no longer exists will we truly be able to tell interesting stories using aliens as God. And angels, et cetera, et cetera. Right, and maybe the because time you're frame not within the box. The, t- the time frame, I th- and, and th- this is this is the other difference too, is because, like you said, you can. What do we know about you know ancient Egypt? Well, they worship Ra, the sun god. Okay, that's all you get in, yeah. in, in Stargate is, is you get that. So they can play around the edges of that as long as they got that fact right, they're okay. 
Stephen Moffat doing, uh, you know, Time of the Angels, and we've got the the Church of the Papal Mainframe and all this kind of stuff, where creating it's your, creating your own religion that has some basis in something, but it's set further on down yeah. the road. That works. Okay, that works. Yeah. Planet of the Apes, we worship the atomic bomb. Okay, because you're, you're, you're taking just a piece of it and then extrapolating everything else. This is set in 19, what, 97? Yeah. You know, so it's got a definitive year. It's really kind of targeting a specific religious, yeah. you know, thing. That all of a sudden just... And it's narrowed down so much that you don't have much wiggle room. And so anything that you bring into it, whether you believe in it or not, whether you're offended or not, suddenly creates this this strange dichotomy that just doesn't work for storytelling. If you believe it or not, you likely know the stories. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that that's that's the bigger problem with the framework. So, yeah. It could have been better. <laughs> <laughs> Can we move on to a story that I believe was better? Yeah, yes. Let's, let's do that. The Ripple Effect. When the TARDIS lands on Scarrow, the Seventh Doctor and Ace are shocked to discover that planet has become the universal center of learning, populated by a race of peace-loving Daleks. Ever suspicious of his arch-enemy's motives, the Doctor learns that of a threat that could literally tear the universe apart. Dun-dun-dun! Thank goodness that we, we've had such a string of good e-books. You know, that we've had, what, two clunkers? Yeah. Out, out of, out of seven right. now? Yeah. So that, that, that's reassuring to me. <laughs> Didn't we enjoy the, was the Six Doctor one, uh, the Something Borrowed? Yeah. yeah. We enjoyed that, that we, one. We, yeah. yeah. No, uh, the clunker would have been, um, well, one. the first Doctor. Right. We, did, we weren't too. And um, the fifth. Yes. One, right. of, one, of, one and five. We enjoyed. Yes, yes. So what was what was three? Uh, oh, that that uh, was uh, ancient Scotland, wasn't it? Uh, no, that was okay. It was, no, 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 no. That was the audio. Oh, that was the Mike Yates audio. That yeah, we didn't like no, that one. Oh no, it, but it's they were they were back in the past with the master. I'm looking it up. Wow, no, I don't oh, remember that. <laughs> Oh, no, no, that was the Norse God one. The one where yeah. they met. Oh, yeah, that one. That was, yeah, that's, I like that. I that's like what that I meant. That's yeah, okay. enjoyable. Yeah. So, one in five. <laughs> Everything else has been pretty yeah. solid. Agreed. So, we liked this one. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> well, it, it does it, so many great things, and it starts off going one way, and you're kind of like, ah, and then you, you they get out of whatever this muck was, the amber, I guess, and... You get this great exploration and the doctor being very no 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 and I like how she gives Ace this Ace this arc of well maybe they're not as bad as we think and what's wrong with this universe doctor and it's a great exploration of all of that stuff. I totally heard McCoy's voice when I read the whole thing. Uh, I heard Ace. I as Holly pointed out, the voice of the characters was spot on. See, I think my problem with the, my my. One minor problem with the story is there are times where the seventh doctor doesn't feel very seventh doctory, and by that mean by that I mean the seventh doctor always seemed to be even when he wasn't in control of a situation or was clueless about a situation, always put on airs that he knew or would find out would figure it out, and so he was a little more forgiving of not knowing what was going on and maybe being a little more a little less skeptical about things 
And so I think that this particular situation made him a little more skeptical and a little more frantic than I think the Seventh Doctor should have been. On the other hand, I was very forgiving in the sense that every time that we've seen the Doctor come across Daleks that are not being typical Daleks, he does become very frantic. The second Doctor in Power of the Daleks is very much that way. Untrusting, unforgiving... And the seventh or the eleventh uh, Doctor is even that way in Daleks' uh, Victory of the Daleks. Yeah. He's very unbelieving, unforgiving, unaccepting of the fact that there could be something normal going on here, or something good going on here, rather as opposed to good. Well, and that's so, the thing. So is- that that framed around the story, it didn't bother me as much. But there were times where I was taken a little bit out of the seventh Doctor's character, thinking. Maybe this isn't exactly as the Seventh Doctor would have acted. Well, and th- that's the great benefit of having Daleks be this catalyst is because no other enemy could do that to yeah. the Doctor. I don't, as much as I love Cybermen, I don't think he could reach that level of skepticism, especially this Doctor, that the Cybermen were good. Uh, having the Daleks is key to making that story work. Well, because the Daleks have always been... Pure and adenerated evil. They've yeah. always been these these blobs of hate, right? With a tank casing. Um, and I found myself as as the story unfolded and the Daleks were good. I was right there with them, going, "Oh, it's a trap! It's a ploy! It's a this! It's a that!" And, and, and I, I turned a lot more quickly than he did. And I begin to get frustrated with him. It's like obviously something is wrong. I get that, but <laughs> it doesn't mean it's their fault. Let's go look at the big space anomaly that started the story. That was here for a reason, you know. I, you know, so that didn't, didn't come necessarily as a surprise to me that oh, we recreated this universe and we did the thing, and uh, oh, finally we're getting back to that part. I of it. actually okay. didn't, but I was surprised by the I created this problem. Yeah, I, I I thought the anomaly was was a symptom of the problem. I didn't realize that the doctor was the cause of the problem, ah. and that was neat for me. Agreed. The other thing that I found interesting was. I started out not liking this story because I felt like it was going to be very predictable. I felt like we were going down that path that we had done before with Power of the Daleks, with Evil the or not Evil the Power Victory. of the Daleks, Victory of the Daleks, and stories before where we've had Daleks pretending, you know. And I just felt like we were going that route. And so to be pleasantly surprised by the outcome of this and to continue. To, throughout this whole thing, I was like, Sean, early on, I was like, no, 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 there's something wrong here. Uh, these Daleks aren't good. There must be something behind this. Something is, has set these events in, in motion. Sort of plan. There's something. You know, there's a motive somewhere deep down. And and to continue and, and just bait me through the whole thing, making me think that there's going to be some surprise. That I was waiting for the aha moment from the Daleks' perspective <laughs> that I was quite surprised when... There wasn't. These were actually genuinely friendly, nice, scientific, philosophical Daleks that had no ill will or no malice whatsoever. I was so immensely impressed by the idea that I could be baited for so long (laughs) into thinking that there was going to be this turn. And then to find out the resolution of it was the fact that the doctor had created this trying to get out of that weird jello anomaly. A space anemone anemone. 
part space jello mode. Space jello. I, I, I kind of want to. <laughs> I kind of wish they would have explored the universe a bit more. They get a lot of references of this is different, this is different, this is different. What about Davros? That could have been an awesome reference of he created the. I know they they referenced an accidental nuclear war or whatever, and that's why they were that way. But it could have been a nice. Addition of adding even Davros is different. Well, there was no Davros in this. Yeah, that's what I also appreciate. Is so we went back to they, the they, they the Daleks. It was back to the original <laughs> Daleks idea, but before the Genesis uh, idea was introduced, they, they still could have included it. Though I don't think it, they needed to. Though it, with the they had to mutate and turn into this shape. It's but the nuclear fallout had done that. I mean, that, I, I, that's I, how the original premise was. For purposes of the short story. I'm fine with it. I see where you're going with the. If you were going to expand this into a full blown novel, oh, yeah. the potential yeah. of introducing a good Davros, because the Doctor would immediately leap on that and go, "Aha!" And evil. maybe that's why they didn't include it because and that would be too much of an obvious so, sign. As, for as, them. As, as readers, so would we. Yeah. I mean, Davros shows up and it's, it's you're like, behind you know, this. "Aha!" And they would say, "This is our most you know valued scientist or whatever," and he would be talking about. And we'd be as readers going, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I, I, I'm totally there with you that what a hook that would be to finally get to that point where it's like, no, he's just a good Davros. Yeah. I mean, if a good Dalek blew our minds, what would a good Davros do? Maybe it's because of the short story aspect, but they were able to perfectly present that in well, the, the fact right. that the Right, and Daleks. what they did even more, probably better, is having the Time Lords introduced into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That gives the way to that Davros could have also. So it's kind of a... If, if you had Davros, you didn't need the Time Lords. So it's kind of a... They chose this way. It could have been neat to see another side, though, I think. The other missed opportunity in this, and I felt like they kept... They held on too long to this whole idea of the ripple effect, is I, I had hoped to find... I had hoped for the Doctor to piece together that events outside of just the Daleks' timeline... Were changed. Um, was there? Am, am there I making this up? Was there reference to the fact that the uh, Rutons had actually won the war with the Suntarans? Did I get that from somewhere? There was a was Suntaran in, reference, but I didn't think the Rutons won. I thought it was the, the I thought they Rutons lost had won. some battle. And I, I wish there had been more of the Doctor looking outside of the. I mean, he does eventually. They they get there. They eventually get there. Um, but there was this. I felt like I needed a the Doctor piecing together why this was wrong because civilizations fell that shouldn't have fallen. There was some uh, there was like a paragraph. Of well, that's the problem that's is it. eventually, yeah, we get there and it's almost like I kept going. There has to be a heavy. There has to be a reason why the Doctor has to reset this. Not just because of his prejudice against the Daleks. There has to be a reason. And I kept looking for him to go find those reasons as to why this universe couldn't exist and it almost felt like a a quick fix to have the earthquakes and and everything kind of falling apart it, it, it should have been sprinkled in there a exactly. little bit more it just seemed yeah. to come so abruptly and while it did give a, the doctor a reason and a, and a way to convince ace that this wasn't the way that it needed to be while it was a good way to give the weight of what was happening, it was too abrupt, and I would have almost preferred a more logical step in convincing Ace that, well, you know, if this hadn't happened, well, then this doesn't happen either, and all of the good things that were destroyed by this universe being in existence are gone. 
I would have liked him to at least try to use that justification and then then have the, 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 the cracks in the universe and the, the, the universe falling apart. I, I would have liked for him to try and use it just because that, that to me is more in keeping with the Doctor's persona as opposed to this very prejudicial man. Yes. Who, yeah. and, and admittedly, it's the Daleks. And I, 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 I mean, we, we've kind of gotten echoes of this in, in you know, Chris Freckleson and, and you know, yeah. the, of, of all of the things. This is the Dalek one. Dalek would be another good You know, yeah. the, of, of that. Um, the, the, I think the paragraph you're looking for is, uh, the universe has changed. Some things are the better, some things aren't. The planet Shusasha 4 has been destroyed, and so the reticulated sheep of Chonev are now extinct. The Santarns won the Battle of the Cox Rift, the but the Suksara Empire fell, but the Klingoric Imperium did... Or the Sasara Empire never fell, but the Kungoric Imperium did. The list goes on. So I don't, I don't remember Rutans. I didn't. It would have been nice if they, instead of making up stuff, given us actual examples from the show. Well, that would have been okay too. And how many of, how much of that might have been references that we've missed, or we haven't uh, gotten to, or references or the author in, pulling things from one of our other books. That yeah, she's, oh yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's in there. Maybe not. We're just not familiar with those events. But. Um, yeah, it's like I said, it, it, it's one of those things. I don't mind an exploration of the Doctor being prejudicial. I, I think that's a very interesting idea. But the problem you run into is we don't want our heroes to be flawed. We we want the Doctor to be Superman. We want him to be you know come out and do this thing and you know. And then we run the guilt over <laughs> destroying Gallifrey and all that stuff. I've really thoroughly enjoyed throughout this. But I don't want it to be emo. I don't yeah. want it to be sitting around and moping. And I don't want him right. to be angry all the time either. I don't yeah. want him to be nonstop, you're wrong and I'm right and blah, blah, blah. Right. So having a justification for, as the fourth doctor explained to Sarah Jane in Genesis, you know, and she's saying wiping out the Daleks wouldn't that be a good thing. And he says, but because of that, there is some good. There are alliances formed. There are people who, you know, cease wars on their own planets just out of fear of the Daleks coming and they unite against this. So in a way, they are a force for good. I would have liked to have had the Doctor echo some sentiment yeah, of that when he's talking nice. to Ace. On the flip side of that coin, I really like the idea that he knows what's going on now. And she won't accept it. And he, he puts it out there as a leap of faith that she has to believe him. Yeah. I, I did like because that. Because, and, and I mean, how many times in the show have we gotten that leap of faith? that The companion just kind of has to go along with the ride and hopefully he'll explain later, you know. <laughs> But I certainly hoped he would have built toward that. Yeah, I, I just so I, I was kind of torn there. It's like, well, I, I would have liked more of this, but at the same time, I don't necessarily mind that it became this last minute decision. Again, it's had the best this way to wrap up an ebook. Had this been, uh, you know, uh, filled out a little bit more as a, a novella or, yeah. or, or novel Which, length, this one I think was a little longer than some of the other ones. And this this story would not have worked with any other adversary, but the Daleks. Yeah, this the context of this story, and that's probably what allows me to forgive a lot of the issues that I have brought up is the fact that it is the Daleks that makes them the heavy, that makes them the most deadly, the most... Yeah, I just... Not even the Master? I agree with you. Cybermen, I don't well, think it would work. the Master could have worked in such a way that the... He would have been a heavy enough villain, but there's not enough of it. I mean, it's just one entity. We're not right. going to battle Versus an entire race. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, yeah, yes, you could have shoehorned a story this way around the master but it would have been formulated quite differently than, than this one was so um but no over I, I i i'm pointing to a lot of the flaws but overall i thoroughly enjoy the story i think ace shines in this i i i yeah. like you said 
hear the the ace the character's voice in my head when I read this. I completely did. I heard both of them. The doctor, for the most part, I did. There were just those few occasions where it was almost a little too frantic. But I, I, yeah. But the majority of this felt very Seventh Doctor and Ace. Well, and there were, were, in those frantic moments, especially like in the TARDIS near the end, I very much heard his voice still in those frantic moments from the show. There I'm very forgiving. At the end, we're all hex breaking loose now. And he has to be frantic. It's early on when he's being very accusatory and frantic. It's is where it felt like see, it was a little bit out of. Character. See, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, accusatory, yes. I don't know. If frantic, is but the right I, word for I the first part. I still bought it, it. For me, it wasn't any different than Time of the Ronnie when he's post regeneration, going. But ah, oh, this is going on. This is this. What's this? Who are you? And immediately jumps. That's to why the it works in Time of the Ronnie, though, because you have the post regenerative. Idea, and that's been set forth in previous stories of uh, previous regenerations, where we we have a bit of a wonkiness following the regeneration cycle. So in Sylvester McCoy's first story, where we have come on the heels of a regeneration, it's forgiving. But once the the character becomes established, and and Ace is clearly down the line a ways because he he traveled with Mel sure. on the on the series for at least four more episodes, three more episodes. And then when you add the big finish in, he traveled with Mel much longer before they met with Ace. So suddenly I want that seventh doctor that I experienced with Ace and would have been more forgiving had this been with Mel and been shortly after Time of the Rock. The slightly more manipulative, darker. Yes, exactly. Not the quite more, as... The more... Um, just The seventh doctor with Ace felt more sure of himself. Even when he got into a situation where he had no idea what was going on, he still had this air of confidence that he knew or would figure this out. He really did from that point on. And so this kind of stepped away from that. Now again, the, the, the what makes it forgiving what, what yeah, what makes it forgiving for me is the fact that it is the Daleks, so there that does add that weight to it. Um, and I, he, I, I he does like... go on that terror in remembrance of the Daleks there where he's Basically, calling out the Emperor Dalek, who we unlimited rice out, pudding, yeah, blah blah yeah. blah, turns out to be. Uh, but but then he's also kind of taunting and toying with him as well. Right. So I, uh, that's not so much the frantic aspect or the unsecure. At, maybe that's what I'm looking for. Not necessarily frantic, but maybe more unsecure, unsecure unstable, yeah. unstable. See, maybe I just read it more frantic than than unsecure. Yeah. I, I I also really liked Tulana in the story. What a great way to give an emotional depth to the new, this new universe. Don't you almost feel bad for it yeah. at point? Because she's oh, like... Her and Ace. She's defending her principles and what she knows. And, and, just, and then when Ace finds out that when we do this, oh, she's no longer going to exist, yeah. that's, that's kind of... Ooh, that's kind of... See, I didn't like her at first. I didn't either. I, but no. that's because I was very to. much... Yeah, you know, in the, yeah, this is a trap. And then as time went on and I became more accepting and Ace was more accepting and she, you know... I, 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 I really felt bad for her because the doctor was treating her just awful. Because we as just, readers start out in the doctor's shoes. Yeah. And then by the end of it, we're in the other, uh, what was her name? Um, Tulana. Tulana. Tulana's shoes. Yeah. I mean, we really are. We're, we're, or we're more sympathetic. We're, we're understanding of yeah. her now. Empathetic. Empathetic. Yeah. Is. But, um, yeah, by, by, by the end and, and Ace's realization that, you know, can I just go say goodbye to her? And even I... As much as I would have wanted that reunion, I was like, no, don't let her back out of the TARDIS because it's going to end back. I mean, I, I got there was there was definitely a moment of vested concern. Well, it made it even more point. heartbreaking that knowing that I know you can't let her back out. 
Not yeah. as a doctor saying, no, yeah. we can't do this, but I know it's wrong. And and not being almost like you're in that doc, the doctor's position where you can't explain to Ace, you feel you're, you're you're heartbroken that you're having to tell Ace no, you can't do this because of the ramifications. And I was a little surprised that Ace went with, "Can I go tell her goodbye?" Instead of, "Can we bring her with?" Yeah, that's really that where too. after she said it, and I got over the 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 I, my my initial thought was, well maybe that's next, you know, and and so I'm I'm reading and and, and it never came, and I kind of thought, is that one of those examples of absolutely not because she was never meant to be to begin with, or yeah, this once I can cheat and <laughs> you know, which, which side would that have fallen yeah. down on for him? And there's again in an expanded format i kind of like to see that 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 issue tackled he's not allowed to create the charlie paradox until his next (laughs) (laughs) but that's someone who was supposed to die that's not someone who was never supposed to exist in the first place that's true so i i can kind of excuse the idea of them not even considering saving her because she was never meant to be yeah she would never have been born it's well, but the, and and obviously that creates a huge. <laughs> that that's something you would fundamental do. huge paradox. Is well, like that's something. This person, that's her, something her would parents would never existed, but yet she still exists. Would the doctor have had to tell her she'd have crumbled into dust, or you know, just would the TARDIS even have let her in? Would the yeah. TARDIS have let her in? Uh, or would that have been one of those weird workarounds that because they were shielded from the changes in the universe? She would be maybe she would be well, because a, of the jello mold. Because of the jello mold, you know. Because they remembered the other universe, obviously. Is, yeah. You know, even though even the TARDIS databanks were kicking out. Nope, this is the way the world is. Right, right. But you know, they they were shielded from all that and remembered everything. So, which oh. tends to be the thing with time travel. Whatever you're going through protects you. <laughs> Correct. Or you know, interspatial travel in this Fortunately, case. Or we'd be lost forever. <laughs> and it's one of those things where if it was an extended expanded book. In an ongoing series, they might have done that. If it was this, this was part of the new adventures. If this was a big finish audio, they might have yeah. tackled that. Yeah, yeah, and, and introduced her as an ongoing companion. I, it's one of those ideas that really got me excited, um, which I think is, is ultimately the true triumph of the book, or the, the for, for an ebook to have stuck with me to that extent mm-hmm. that I'm clamoring for more of this kind of stuff. Because how would she react the first time they ran into? Real dollars, evil dollars. Yeah. I mean, how crushed oh, would her spirit would have been, be? Yeah, I mean, just the the but the potential there is huge oh, yeah. for for yeah. stories like that. So Amazing. I kind of like to see her go back to this. Uh, Marjorie, who is this? Marjorie Blackwood. Yes, Blackman. Blackman. I have to get to the beginning. There's one thing I don't like about you readers. Where's it? Should be a. Chapter. It's Mallory. Mallory Blackman. Yes. That's Marjorie. Is it Mallory? Mallory. We'll get the we'll get the name right here. Mallory, <laughs> Mallory Blackman. Blackman. <laughs> For the record, Mallory, Mallory Blackman. Blackman. Work I got, I got to the title page, um, and I, I'm, I'm honestly George Flippin. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> they're just throwing it. Throw if I say the name, that's what it is. <laughs> just throw the name at me. Um, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to read more of her stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, this—that's how good this was. I'd like yeah. her to write more Seventh Doctor and Ace. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. She nails it. She is apparently very accomplished. I mean, of course, all of them have been very accomplished. And uh, she was recently appointed Children's Laureate 2013-2015. So, you know, 
It's, it's, She's it, got an OBE for services to children's literature. It's it's amazing that they, they were able... Now, granted, it's a short story, so it's kind of a, a small chunk of their time, but it's amazing to get such prestigious authors to do this for the 50th anniversary and have so many of them do it right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we, like we said, we've only had two that were really misses, and unfortunately, one is one of the more renowned fantasy <laughs> science fiction writers, but... Uh, when you, I guess, when you ask him to dabble outside of his own well, mind I, I and think realm, his story would have been fine too if it weren't for stock. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which might have just been a victim of circumstances yeah, thing in that case. Absolutely. All right, what's coming up next on the schedule, Sean? Sean? Not up next, Sean? but one that Sean. Sean? Is that my name now? <laughs> Not up next, but I'm excited to write it. Is Spore. Because it's the eighth Doctor one, and it's like, yeah, that's the one I want to read. Oh. <laughs> I have no idea what it's about. I'm just, yep, I'm ready but to read that Doctor one. Story, so. But unfortunately, we've got to wait a bit. Uh, coming up next week, or I guess later this week for Friday Night Who no, is... Oh, yes, yes. I was going to say, no, we're, we're recording on Tuesday next week, but you're right, for Friday Night. Actually, um, this was the... This I had, was the last this one? Was, I think was this one? was the last one. I'll have to double check with like you guys. four weeks? Well, it's through the month. I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. I think maybe we can go back to Sunday this week. Well, I think know. maybe. So he's gone on vacation, away, yeah. So. yeah, he came back. Oh, then yeah. He's gone and back. He's yeah, gone yeah, and back. yeah, we're back. I did the paperwork, and apparently I did it all correctly. So. All right. Excellent. Who has two thumbs and did it right? This guy. This guy. <laughs> uh, so for Friday Night Who on the 25th, we've got Resurrection of the Daleks to appease Gwen. Yay! Even though he won't show up. I might be there. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, our show will be the uh, the launch of Titan Comics' new Who lines. We are getting the... Uh, are we doing that next week? We're doing that next oh, week. exciting so stuff. You get uh, 10th Doctor and 11th Doctor and uh, issues in store, well, by the time you read or listen to this. Now, they, they, yeah. they should be, they should be in store ready. now. So go pick them up and get your legacy code. Um, we're holding our sneak preview copy. <laughs> Um, aren't we special? Aren't we special? <laughs> Many different artwork choices on the covers for those of you that are into such things, so enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are also going to be reviewing the oh, another church story. I didn't realize that. The Church in the Crown, <laughs> Big Finish 39. Uh, not a church Not a church story. story. I mean, but, uh, roughly. I've already listened to it. You've already so, listened yeah. to it. I have roughly. not yet. Uh, six Doctor. Well, another thing I did this week, but I didn't want to spoil no. it. No, yes. Sixth doc- <laughs> fifth no, Doctor. Fifth Doctor and fifth doctor. Perry and Aramum. Mm-hmm. So Nephew. we're coming on the heels of... And some Musketeers and... Whatever the King last Louis one we... And... Am I giving away too much? Yes. You should stop now. <laughs> what was the last one we listened to with Aramum? Aram- 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 uh, that was that Pyramid the one, one where we picked where her she up. was introduced. Yeah. yeah. But what was the name of... <laughs> uh, I don't have... The Pyramid one, I think is what it was called. <laughs> That's the new name, the pyramid one. The pyramid one. I, I don't remember. I honestly don't From remember. From it was good. The twenty-five thousand dollars pyramid. There's the one where she was supposed to be Pharaoh, but then like yeah, I remember the story. I just don't well, remember the you, name. Well, no, who cares? Uh, anyway, everybody remembers the story. Picking up on that, and then uh, I, I will. I'm going to tip my hand here. Thankfully, the five doc, fifth Doctor stories in Big Finish are getting good. <laughs> Finally. F- following that, on August 1st, we have the Space Museum with William Hartnell. Uh, and then we'll be reviewing the Space Museum. <laughs> I'm excited to see what Keith's reaction. You've seen that. I've seen that. It's been a long time, but I've seen it. It's okay. I'm excited to see what Keith's reaction to that what's going to be. You mean the... the, the Just everything about that, it. That I mean, part with the... The that Eye of the Scorpion. The, thank you. I knew it was... It had to do with the Scorpion. Egyptian-esque. And a pyramid. <laughs> 
that the, pyramid. The, they, they snuck in the back of that pyramid. That's a <laughs> Which, just as a side note, Egypt is closer to the nightclub in the rapture than Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> That's how far off we were. Um, <laughs> Traveling the vortex. Geology is not our th- or geography. <laughs> <laughs> well, geology is an geology is not our thing either. Point either. We've got a bunch of rocks in our heads. Does that count? <laughs> geography not our thing. Uh, so uh, then the next show one eighty eight is Space Museum and Doctor Who and the Pirates. Yo ho ho yo ho ho. <laughs> Can we? Is there a pirate? Uh, I've already got. An you've already got song. an song. <laughs> Maybe I'll do feedback tomorrow. I can't believe you haven't already guessed what it's going to be. I have no idea what it's going to be. What is it going to be? I'm not going to tell you. It'll be a surprise. It's going to be... It's um, going to be Rapture by Blondie. No, it's actually going to be uh, Tragedy (laughs) by the Beach. (laughs) That will be the next... No, that won't be the next one. Well, Um, if I do Rapture for the next one and then Tragedy for the next one, that will be And then because I mentioned it, uh, on the 8th of August, we're doing Doctor Who the Movie. And then we... Again. again, And then we're listening to Big (laughs) Finish Audio. You don't have a lot to work with, people. Well, it's either that or we could do Night of the Doctor. <laughs> it'd be a really short Friday it'd be, night. Who? It'd be five minutes of silence because we'd be so engrossed. And then, okay, good night, everybody. <laughs> Squeeze, that was awesome. Um, and then we're doing Big Finish number 101, Absolution, with Paul McGann. And the ebook number eight, Spore. So that's our Paul McGann uh, eighth, eighth Doctor, doctor celebration there. And then just because it's a reminder, uh, Human Nature, Family of Blood, for the 15th of August, and then we're reading the book. Well, yeah. you should have already read the book, because we're discussing the book yeah. and comparing Hopefully and contrasting. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have read the book. Yeah, right so, so you so much on my plate. You've got about That's a why month. I'm listening ahead of everything, so I can read this darn book. Yeah, you got about you got about a month in between uh, these. We've got one, two, three, four audios coming up, and an e-book, and then an actual book. You know what I'm so. going to do? The poll hasn't closed for the Doctor Who Book Club yet, has it? I'm going to go in there and no. spam the write-in vote with human nature in there so that everybody's doing it at the same time. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. We should have a word with the uh, the lady that runs that. The or, moderator, or, or, or the moderator of that panel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever everybody voted on for this month. Or for we'll just make month. that the following month. We'll just make month. it the following month. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Chrissy, get we're, on we're, that. I think we want to do home human nature. for. We're going to pull an executive order here, <laughs> and we, we, we're, we're going to exercise our right as... Creative inspiration. Human nature should say human nature is the August book book of the month because you got to have it read by the fifteenth ish. (laughs) Not only are we making it the book of the month, now we've given them half a month to do it. it. Um, And then the the big 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 news is on the twenty second we're doing time of the doctor because the following night is Easter Sunday or Easter Saturday, (laughs) (laughs) and we're doing deep breath. We're going to be talking about it. (laughs) <laughs> and Peter Capaldi will be on my TV. Oh, all right. Easter Saturday, Any, August 23rd. Anything else, Sean? <laughs> when is a Dalek not a Dalek? When it's Easter Saturday on my TV! But you already did that one in the earlier in the show. Did I? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when is a Dalek not a Dalek? I don't know, Mr. Smith. When is a Dalek not a Dalek? When it's in a missing episode. No one is there power of the Dalek or an evil of the Dalek. <laughs> I would say, well, yeah, okay. Well, yes, yes. Thank <laughs> you for missing. explaining my joke. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have uh, Journey to the Center of, your tar- to, to the center of the Tardis as your desktop wallpaper? It rotates. But we didn't like that what? wallpaper. No, we liked the episode. Oh, we, we didn't, didn't like, like the wallpaper. wallpaper. Well, I downloaded all the wallpaper. wallpaper too. The f- poor Photoshop job. I downloaded it's all still the wallpaper. An- Anything else we need to touch on before we close this show? Don't do drugs. All right. If not, (laughs) 
that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. When is the Dalek not a Dalek? When, when Sean's saying good night, everybody. Just he could have gone all the way to the end. But that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's not any it better. It to make sense. <laughs> it's not even a funny joke. It's, it's, it's acting. <laughs> <laughs> Look, acting. <laughs> you raised your hands out and did the whole spirit fingers and everything. <laughs> Grandiose <laughs> acting. I'm, I'm, I, I sit in awe of, of your acting. <laughs> I, I cannot tell you how blown away I am right now. I am in the presence of acting. <laughs> I mean, it's not just, I wish you could see this at home because it's not just a little bit of acting. It's a whole lot of it's like Brian. It's like Brian Blessed acting. <laughs> it's, it's that impressive. Acting! acting. <laughs> Say die for me one more time. Die! <laughs> When there is no pebble tossed, no wind to blow, reach out your hand. If your cup be empty, if your cup is full, may it be a You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. That was not made by the hands of men. There is a road, no simple highway between the dawn and the dark of night. And if you go.